0: Remember, remember, the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason that gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Welcome to Unsafe Space. I'm Carter Lahren. Today is the 5th of November. Uh, no Carrie today. She's on her way to the Better Discourse Conference in, where is it? Fort Worth, somewhere in the great state of Texas, soon to be the great country of Texas. Uh, so she's on her way there to moderate panels and whatever else. But I do have some special guests today. Before I do that, I'm going to – let's just do some housekeeping. Uh, You're watching probably on YouTube, but you could also be watching on Odyssey or Utreon if you don't want to be watching on YouTube Uh, or unsafespace.com. We're always live streaming on unsafespace.com. So that's the best way because we don't ban ourselves. Uh, Also, if you are subscribed on YouTube, go make sure – because YouTube has a has has a habit of kicking our subscribers off. Remember that subscriptions are mandatory here. Um, just like the jab, you should probably get a third, fourth, fifth subscription just to make sure you're protected. So please go do that. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter. Well, our it was the ghost of Unsafe Space on Twitter, but I think Beverly changed it. It's now uh, we have a goose on Twitter. The goose of Unsafe Space is on Twitter, underscore Unsafe Space, and. Uh, yeah, as a reminder, actually, thank you. Just thank you to people who've been supporting us financially. You can go to unsafespace.com to learn more about being one of those people. But thank you to all the people who, uh, you know, pay for pay for this content. It, it enables us to, to keep doing it. I also want to shout out to Josh Slocum, who's on his way to Rhode Island right now listening to us. We love Josh, so I'm just shouting out to him. Um, and I want to remind everyone that the next book club is November 21st. It's *The Handmaid's Tale* by Margaret Atwood. So I think that's all the, I think that's all the housekeeping questions. Uh, before I, before I can introduce our guests, I think that's everything. As a reminder, today, uh, not a reminder. Maybe I haven't told anyone. Today we're gonna. This is an anarchy-themed show, because it is indeed the 5th of November. So if you have questions about anarchy or agorism or any or voluntarism or any variation thereof, now is the day to to ask so i'd like to introduce our first guest uh the second one will be joining about half an hour later so we'll introduce him later uh, later but the first guest is a man you all know and love for his prolific memory salviagrist hey sal
1: what's up how are you i'm well how are you doing good happy guy fox day how could we be bad
0: (laughs) happy guy fox day uh cheers to everyone in the uk celebrating guy fawkes day it's provided that you're celebrating it for the right reasons. Um, so Sal Beverly, who's our producer, you know, you know, Beverly asked me to go over what Guy Fawkes day actually is. Cause I think a lot of people, especially in the U S don't know, do you want to take a stab at it or do you want me to just go over a little bit of history?
1: Why don't you do that? And I'm going to, I actually have to set up my mic. I completely forgot. So while, while you, while you explain, I'm going to be setting up my audio equipment.
0: Sounds good. Um okay. So in sixteen oh five, uh King James I was expected to be sympathetic to Catholics, uh, but in fact he turned out not to be super sympathetic to the Catholics. And a bunch of Catholics in the UK or in England were pissed about this. Uh one of the main people that was pissed was Robert Cattesby, Catesby, C A T E S B Y. Catesby, I'm not sure how you say it, Catesby. And Robert organized a little event with some friends, one of those friends being Guy Fox, who obviously went on to be uh, the person whose namesake we remember. Sorry, Robert. But uh, they had an entire plan for um, basically installing a more Catholic-friendly king. They were going to blow up the House of Parliament by sticking gunpowder underneath the House of Parliament. Um, and this was at a time when it was going to reconvene. So the king was going to be there. So they were going to get the king. Um, they were going to kidnap his daughter, I think, and force her to marry a Catholic king somewhere else, thus, uh, thus installing uh, some sort of Catholicism back in in England. and. Uh, after that so his plot was uncovered guy fawkes w- was caught he didn't get to blow up the house of parliament um he was uh, i believe i believe strung and quartered which is not he was definitely tortured i think he was strung and quartered so not the most fun way to die um and about a year later uh the citizens of england decided that they were celebrating guy fawkes day but really celebrating the uncovering of the plot and the saving of their king. Um, But fast forward to present day, uh, at least in the US, a lot of us celebrate Guy Fawkes Day not because we're happy that the king was saved, but we're, we're celebrating the spirit of Guy Fawkes, not because we're Catholic, <laughs> but because we really, really want to blow up the House of Parliament, <laughs> um, basically. Uh, and um, and that's kind of where we are today. And if you've watched, the, one of the things that made this um, extremely popular, there was a graphic novel called Be for Vendetta with a character in a Guy Fawkes mask uh, themed around Guy Fawkes day. Uh, and the theme of that is also resistance against an authoritarian government and then they made a movie out of that which i think most people know and so that's what kind of popularized it in america but it did not start out it's not a it's not an anarchist holiday its roots but it's definitely become more of an anti-government thing at least in the us i don't know what the brits think about it Uh, did i miss anything sal
1: you just gave me an education for sure um Okay. The, only thing, I, the only thing I kept thinking was, imagine how much better off the world would be had he been successful. Think about all yes. the, the pain caused by, by that English Parliament since that time, mm-hmm. all around the world. Nonetheless, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what year so was that's that? By
0: Fox Day, sixteen oh five.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So,
0: yeah, it was a while. yeah. I mean, I yeah. Guess they in, didn't England go did a in... lot of. Yeah, they did a lot of bad stuff. They they did go around and like end slavery forcibly, but uh if it weren't for governments I, I it's hard to blame England like slavery on England because most a lot of other governments have much bloodier hands with respect to that
1: there's plenty uh, of, of things to blame the English uh crown yes. on. Yeah. <laughs> there's no shortage of misery. Yeah.
0: There's plenty of other things we can blame them. Yeah. So um so yeah, that's that's uh that's what we're celebrating today. Um Keith, the hat guy, by the way, in chat says we might not have had to have the war in 1776 if Guy Fox was successful. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, yeah,
1: a lot of England, a lot of Indians would have been saved. A lot of headaches. A lot of other uh, colonized peoples could have been saved. But here we are celebrating. I, I guess in England they're probably still celebrating the, the, that the crown was saved. No,
0: I don't know. I'm actually, if someone, I don't see Pirate Tomsky in chat, who's our our resident expert on all things <laughs> United Kingdom but uh if someone from the UK in chat wants to let me know what what do they actually are they actually celebrating the saving of the opire oh, Tomsky is here are they celebrating the saving of the crown I don't know anyway um so as I said before this is a great day to ask questions about agorism or voluntarism or whatever else but barring any questions i think we're just going to kind of dig into some stuff that we want to talk about and i'm going to start by asking sal anything pissing you off lately anything you want to anything that's got you excited
1: where do i start (laughs) i mean (laughs) yesterday (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) how much time do you have well i guess the one thing that's really bothering you now is did you see this this rumor i don't know if it's true that the Biden administration is thinking of expanding the vaccine mandate to companies with less than 100 employees now, which we all knew was a matter of time.
0: Ooh, less than. Yeah.
1: 100. Yeah. I mean,
0: 100 is bad enough. 100 is not that big. Not that big matters, but.
1: Right. Right, anything is bad, but to, it was my, the 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 point here is that it was all just a lie. The initial claim that it was only going to be companies of 100 employees or more was all just a lie to goad people into accepting this stuff.
0: Wait a minute, the government lied about caring about us.
1: I'm, Can you believe I'm confused it? confused about this. Can you believe so it? So it's <laughs> crazy. Who 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 would have thunk?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't have thunk it. Also, I didn't realize that there's a so there, he. I'm I was pissed off enough about the hundred person company rule um although i so often i know it's kind of it's kind of gauche to do this but so often i just want to look at people and be like i told you so everyone's been telling you so people are like now people are protesting oh where does the government get the authority to do this it's Look, you guys created. You voted for things like OSHA and everything. Like you created the authority, you gave them the authority to right. do this. That's what you did, and now they're using it in a way you don't like, and you're all incensed that, like, ah, oh, how do they have the authority to do this? I don't know. How do they have the authority to mandate that your company provide health care? You didn't bother to ask or, that or
1: anything, or anything, right. any of these right. these ridiculous OSHA standards. Who are they to tell you that you have to wear a hard hat on a job site if you don't want to? It's just. You know, just by opening that door and allowing them to, just to have a say in our personal affairs, that's when we just sort of we sign our own death warrant. And we wind up where we are today with them forcing injections into people. Another one, speaking of which, because you asked me what's pissing me off, and there's a yeah, lot. Yeah,
0: please.
1: Did you see Bill de Blasio is going to be paying children between the ages of five to 11 $100 to get um, injected? No. Who do you think? What, what sort of families do you think he's targeting here? Do you think he's targeting the rich, wealthy elites? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what sort of history wow. does the state have when it comes to injecting poor racial minorities? Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's pretty disturbing. Um, I don't know if you saw San Francisco. It's like the moment that the FBA, FDA did the emergency authorization for 5 to 11-year-olds. The minute that it was out, San Francisco was like, it's mandatory for five-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: they couldn't wait. They were, f- like, frothing at the mouth to make it mandatory.
1: Um, uh, and then you see these, like – can I curse on this show? I, I always forget. Please. You see these freaking shit libs posting about, like, how happy their, like, three-year-old is that they could get injected now. And it's <laughs> like, obviously, the child isn't celebrating this. The child doesn't understand it. There was one video where the, where the child was like – finally mommy I can go outside again and like nobody had realized it but like the mother was actually holding the child hostage until she got injected I mean this is it's a really disgusting sort of society that we live in
0: yeah and just to be clear outside was never a risk (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: I know I know
0: fresh air actually uh i think there had been studies i don't remember but i think there were studies that actually outside is probably one of the safest places to be the fresh air and the sunlight really do a number on on the virus so
1: you know i was I'm, I'm over here in sunny florida uh carter and i was on a ferry going to an island and it was me and a couple of tourists from out of state and the one woman I, I heard her whisper to her husband i think they were from like illinois or something she whispered nobody has masks on can you believe it I thought to myself these people were on a boat in the middle of the ocean lady <laughs> <laughs> it's an open air boat as soon
0: as you exhale it's gone <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but that, that that's the level of brainwashing and indoctrination that's been perpetrated on the people and the government did not pay for decades and decades of public schooling not to get their money's worth and it's 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 paying <laughs> off finally huh unfortunately wait,
0: wait. i think you've just identified the only successful investment the u.s government has ever made
1: that's <laughs> <Yes>, true <laughs> true
0: the public school they got exactly what they wanted out of that
1: yeah that's true it's a good point
0: did you see um did you see the pfizer pfizer's now talking about this new drug called Paxlovid.
1: is that the the one that's like h for like aids or something
0: it's it's like an it's an antiviral similar to HIV antivirals. But the Paxlovid what a horrible name. Paxlovid is their proposed coronavirus fighter. Um they're going to and and one of the things I look I'm not a I'm not a microbiologist or a chemist or doctor or anything, but one of the things that I think is really funny about it is Paxlovid is uh so there's something called uh, 3-CL protease, which protease, it's like an enzyme. It's the main enzyme in all coronaviruses is 3-CL protease. And <laughs> Paxlovid is a 3-CL protease inhibitor. That's how it works. You know what else is a 3-CL protease inhibitor? The horse drug. <laughs> hey, that horse, that horse drug. And there were studies early on about like, hey, we have other 3-CL protease inhibitors could they potentially work against this? And I don't know. I mean, maybe that one doesn't, there's probably differences in whatever, maybe it doesn't work very well or whatever. But the point is the, the, the establishment's condescending mockery of anyone who suggests, Hey, one of these other drugs might kind of work cause they're in a family of drugs that is kind of related here and maybe it would work. It's they, they mock us to no end. They act like you're slack jawed idiots. And then a few months later, Pfizer's like, yeah, we have a variation of one of those exact things, and it's going to cost a lot more, but it works. And now it's going to be pushed by corporate press.
1: Yeah, see, honestly, I don't even have to know all that because I'm just not going to let them shoot me up regardless. They could have – they could. I don't care what's in that thing. I am not letting Pfizer or Nancy Pelosi come anywhere around me with a needle. It's just not going to happen. I don't even think this whole thing is real, if I'm being completely honest with you. I don't think that this coronavirus thing is actually – Real, I think that really they've taken all, they've taken basically all upper respiratory infections. I mean, notice how they've all disappeared, right? There is like all these cases are like almost like next to nothing. Nobody gets strep throat or bronchitis or, you know, anything like that. It's all coronavirus. And I really think that they've taken these respiratory infections and just labeled, relabeled them coronavirus. And now people are going into the hospitals. They're dying. Why are they only dying from COVID in the hospitals? Nobody's dying from COVID at home. Why are they only dying in the hospitals? What's going on here? So I'm not letting Pfizer near me. I'm not letting Nancy Pelosi or any of these lunatics near me um, with with a needle. That's what the Second Amendment is for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, for Susan's sake, I will say uh, the show officially is not saying that it doesn't exist. Um, but I will say that uh, I – I, so I actually don't agree. I think it probably, I think it exists. I think that it's been used as a tool, um, clearly, to roll out authoritarianism. But there is a question about how, um, I won't say how deadly it is generally. Like I'm not even, I'll, I'll say I'm willing to even let the numbers be the numbers. But uh, the number of comor- the, the comorbidities, is something that you need to pay attention to. So if you don't have comorbidity factors, that the likelihood of death plummets like pretty dramatically. And there was a story about Italy this week. Like it was misrepresented because there was people saying, oh, Italy redid their numbers and not that many people divide of coronavirus. That's not what they officially said. What they officially said was they looked at their numbers and I think it was something like, let's see, let me pull it up it was 90 something percent, 96.3% of the deaths had a comorbidity factor. And this is where it gets messy, Sal, right? Because if you have, if I've got an upper res- respiratory infection for something else, and I also have, and I also test positive for, I don't know if they're just doing antigen tests or whatever, they will look at that death as like, well, that's a coronavirus death. It's like, well, I don't know, I might have. right. <clears throat> had it, I had might have tested positive because I had antigens, but like I might have died anyway from whatever the hell else I had. Um, so they're not they're not really being very transparent in the counting of the whole thing. Um, well,
1: they haven't been transparent from the get go. I mean, I my I initially became suspicious. Do you remember when um, people in China were just falling, dropping dead in the street on CNN? When CNN started replaying the CCP's agitprop, prop, that's when I I knew. So the light bulb went off, and I thought to myself this sounds like another one of their lies. And sure enough, they when it was a great panic, and everybody once... once once We, we all forget how this originally started, right? It was only a couple of years ago. When we got the first cases in America, everyone was like... A, we were all sort of expecting people to start dropping dead, and that never happened. And now it just yeah. sort of became this thing where, like, Joe Rogan gets it, and two days later, he's fine, and Tim Pool has it, and then the next day, he's okay. But the people who go to the hospital are all dying. So it's like... I'm not, um, I've never worried about it. I never have worn the mask. I've never taken the shot, I never will take the shot, nor will I wear the mask. And I, I don't, I'm not concerned about getting it at, at, at all, like 0%. Are you healthy? Yeah, healthy. hopefully. We I mean, hope.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the evidence is that if, you, if you're relatively healthy and you're not old, I'm not just talking about the mainstream evidence. I'm not even being like... Alternate right now. Like, the mainstream evidence is if you're relatively young and healthy, right, are pretty low.
1: I know, but yet they need to inject 5 to 11-year-olds. Like, what's like yes. what's oh going on God. here? What's that going on here? Yeah, Something's that is up. ridiculous. Something's up. Something's up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had an argument about my 12-year-old because her school wanted to be giving it to 12-year-olds, and I was like, look, this is <laughs> – I looked up the chances of death. Like she's more likely to. There's a whole bunch of stupid <laughs> stuff. She's more likely. The, the vaccine like, is worse
1: than the, than the chances yeah, of there getting like,
0: flu. I think there was like there were under ten girls of the age like twelve year olds that had died of had died of coronavirus. They probably all had comorbidity factors and some other things. Right. Like that. But like it was just like really that was and and we need to go. We need to take this thing. Which by the way, not that I trust the FDA, but actually hasn't been approved, it's still emergency youth use authorization for youth. Um, so like we gotta foist this on people. It's, I mean, kids. if they hasn't
1: approved it, maybe you should consider it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Maybe it maybe it is good. <laughs> that's the general
1: rule I go by in life is whatever the government says, I just assume the exact opposite, opposite. to be true. Yeah, that's, not
0: a, that's not a bad It's it's worked well problem. so
1: far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure they will approve it though. So uh, I'm I'm uh I'm anticipating. Sting Let's do a couple super chats really quick because I want to know if they're related. Let me see. Uh, Muggsy Kin says the rat line. It was when the Roman Catholic Church protected thousands of World War II criminals, gave them sanctuary and safe passage to other countries. Do you know what he's talking about?
1: No, no. Uh.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I it sounds like.
1: Sounds like agorism, to be honest, but I don't know too much about it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Okay. G-Man says, Fauci is totally incompetent. I don't know. You, like, you're like you assuming his goals here, G-Man, but okay. The virus he funded doesn't even kill 1% of the people it infects. That's what you get from buying from China. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: <is> true. <laughs> you get what you pay for.
0: I don't know. Maybe they're very good at making viruses. Um They've even gotten yeah.
1: worse at killing people over time, the government.
0: True, true. They used to be much more efficient. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this before before Daniel Wagner gets here, which should be shortly. I know you'll like this. Have you read John Hasnas's The Myth of the Rule of Law?
1: Um, I haven't, but it sounds really familiar. I'm gonna quote some fun
0: things. It's just, it's an oh, anarchy good. case. So I'm gonna quote some things. Let's do it. So um, this one I'm going to quote because I always complain. So there's been this like meta, like people complaining about the metaverse, people complaining about social media, people complaining about companies doing X, Y, and Z, or people complaining about politicians doing this or that. And I feel like a broken record. I'm always like, it's the people that matter. It's the culture that matters. Like, that's what matters. Like we need, like our culture matters. How we treat each other matters. That's fundamentally more important. Um, And he, he writes, it's not, rule of law that gives us a stable legal system it's the stability of the culturally shared values of the judiciary that gives rise to and supports the myth of the rule of law so he's what he talks about is like how the culture of the judges allow them to interpret the law however they want there is actually no such thing as objective interpretation of the law that's his whole point Mm. to this um which is kind of cool and he says it allows people to hide the agency of power behind a facade of words when they when they do this kind of stuff and let's see I'm gonna I'm just gonna read I was gonna read a few more passages here this is a long one let me skip a little bit uh, it's only when these so he, he mentions like Waco and the branch Davidians, and he says uh, it's only when these officers have fully bought into the myth that quote we are a government of laws and not people when they truly believe that their actions are commanded by some impersonal body of just values that they can fail to see that they are the agency used by those in power to oppress others. The reason why the myth of the rule of law has survived for 100 years, despite the knowledge of its falsity, is that it too—sorry—it it, it is too valuable a tool to relinquish. The myth of interpersonal, sorry, the myth of impersonal government is simply the most effective means of social control available to the state. I just thought I'd read that and see what you had to say about it.
3: Oh, hey, it's Daniel Wagner. Hello. Sorry, guys. Daniel, I told, told you I'd be here about 1.30. Well, 2.30 your time, I guess. But uh, perfect timing.
0: It's 11.30 my time. A your head. word. Uh, okay. Sal is the guy that you don't know. And Sal, the guy you don't know is Daniel Wagner from Unfamous So Daniel?
1: Nice to meet you.
0: Hi, Sal. Sal is, you'll recognize him from Twitter. He's Sal the Agarist on Twitter, and he's like the the meme god.
1: Sure My skin is a bit darker, and I have a little more hair from Twitter, though. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. You look much less like a rapper in real life. Excellent. Well, glad to meet you.
1: You as so well. So we
3: were just, uh, we were just I,
0: talking
1: about
0: – yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Can I push back a little bit on that, Carter? Um, yeah, I want you to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> the whole idea that um, I think that politics precedes culture – or, or, or I'm sorry, that culture, culture precedes politics. Precedes politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm usually alone in this camp, but I disagree. I think that politics actually precedes culture because if you think about it, okay. um, the Federal Reserve really, the, when they print money, they really sort of artificially induce a high time preference on people, which sort of creates a, a degenerate sort of uh, culture. So without that, without that, without the giving the state the ability to print money, I think we would have a much more homogenous culture that really sort of worked where we can all sort of work in unison.
0: I, I'm not gonna disagree with that and I'm glad you brought it up because I sometimes sloppily talk about culture preceding politics, but my actual views a little bit more nuanced. I, I think there's a feedback loop There, I think that culture does influence politics. Right. But I think there's a clear feedback loop. And then what you get, I think if you really wanted to break it down, it's probably elitist culture that controls politics and politics that controls mass culture um, because elitists control the the politics. So if you can get the elites to agree with something and push something through, then that will affect cultural change on the masses uh, that they might not have been.
1: Yes. I like that the feedback loop. I like that. That's a good way I, of putting that, it.
0: That's kind of how I think of it. And I know it's a little bit more complex that like the Breitbart saying of like culture is upstream from politics is very pithy, but I don't think it's completely accurate <laughs> for the reasons that you pointed out.
3: Right? Feedback loop or never ending downward spiral. <laughs> yeah. Negative feedback loop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a
0: feedback loop until, uh, until it just hits some resonant frequency and we all <laughs> explode. That's what happens. Uh, and then, and then we, anarchy. Oh, yay. sorry. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Hopefully. Yay. Well, so actually, let's let's ask about this. Uh, I think a lot of people, when they hear anarchy, they hear it in the way that Daniel just did it, which is like sounds like <laughs> destructive
3: chaos. Like woohoo! I'm so glad anarchy. you got my joke. I'm so glad you got my joke. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what does anarchy mean to each of you? I don't care who goes first. I'm going to sit here and, and drink
3: caffeine.
1: You first.
3: Oh, I get to go first. Um, great. Um, t- for me, anarchy just means no rulers. It just means we don't have a, a complete bi-legal system in which the governing powers have this whole separate set of laws they get to live by than the rest of us common folk down here below. It's just everybody is on equal ground, legally speaking, and there's nobody at the top that can just have this like strange manifest power to like dictate how everybody else should live their life.
1: Yeah, I agree.
3: It's kind of kind of the general nuts and bolts of it, anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have really changed much. I, I, you know, the real the original definition is just no rulers, as you said, and I'm I'm cool with that one.
0: Now, I want to I want to clarify something though, because a lot of people hear anarchy and they think chaos. When I when I envision and 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 actually even in science fiction, I'm reading the Foundation series right now, and there's this like, oh, we have to avoid these thousand years of anarchy or sorry, three thirty thousand 30,000 years of anarchy. We have to compress it to th- this part of the, the plot. Um, but their, their assumption is that anarchy is this wild scienceless, um, hmm. kind of savage period that where sounds people were each
3: other. Yeah. Man, yeah. it drives, hmm. drives me nuts when I, when I hear like, right-wing and, and even libertarian commentators uh kind of throw in that phrase otherwise you just have anarchy and and it's like when i look at especially my libertarian brethren i'm like guys do you realize you're like a step and a half away from anarchy as already like you're just you're basically there already you you already believe in yeah. smallest government possible like why would you like tarnish the name anarchy in such a way when you don't even like quit throwing around terms that you don't understand you know except for the colloquial colloquial (laughs) sense of the word that's that's about all the understanding they have and then i hear guys guys like uh what's what's his name a big big right-wing commentator mark levin he's all the time just just bashing on anarchy and acting like it's the worst thing in the world and 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 he's a freaking smart dude and i'm like there's no way you don't understand what anarchy actually is given all the other you know constitutional knowledge that you have like it doesn't it blows my mind i don't understand it
0: well i I think it's based on this assumption well two things one this is why i was for a while just calling myself a voluntarist which doesn't mean anything different <laughs> but sounds better right? It's, right, right it's branding it's like oh we should get around we should get along voluntarily and everyone shakes their head and's like oh that makes sense we yeah. should only enter into voluntary agreements I'm like yeah isn't that great <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh but i will say um i think a lot of this is based on this premise and it's sad how many people hold this premise. They believe that people need to be told what to do, and they never think it's themselves, right? Right. It's never like, well, I don't need to be told what to do. Like if you if you go up to Mark Levine and say, well, would you start raping and murdering and pillaging if there was no law against it? You know, really,
3: it's terrifying the amount of people that are like, yeah, totally. I'm just kidding. I literally never met anybody in my entire life was like, yeah, without laws, I would totally just be going out raping people. That's what I would do. I'm the only thing keeping me from it is these nasty
1: laws that are in my way. Which is right. which is ironic because the only thing that allows politicians and militaries to rape people is the state. So, like, if you want, if you're right. opposed to rape, you think you would be opposed to the government that's, that's the ones that are doing it.
3: Yeah, you'd think. Um... Well, there's like there's like voluntary rape. Like it's like you know the government's voluntary rape. It's what it is. Oh, you mean taxes? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I did I say it differently that time?
1: <laughs> yeah, you mispronounced it, it's brainwashing. It's public schools It's brainwashing. It's indoctrination. Tom Woods says it best. He says that this the greatest accomplishment that the state ever has was convincing people to fear the term anarchy and to like love the word government or something like that to paraphrase yeah. it. Yep.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's you, you and and what you were talking about, Carter. The the idea between anarchy and voluntaryism is basically the same thing. I mean, I really don't see any fundamental difference between the two. It's just a a, a, a synonym for the word and the problem is there's so much negative energy around the word anarchy there's so much digging out of the hole you have to do with folks to even get to like an understanding of what it even is that it's just much easier to just call yourself a voluntarist and just go go with that and then and then everybody's like yeah i totally get it and then when you're like oh well that's also anarchy they're like no <laughs> no no i've seen hollywood movies i know what anarchy is
0: so here's here, i'm going to draw an analogy as i don't know if is any of are you either of you religious
3: no OK, sorry. Did no. I, so was that, all, was, too, was I too eager? Was I way too eager on that or? I, it's not. Possible. Sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: so we're all we're all atheists. And I this is how I think a lot of people view atheists, at least at least the my Christian family did this when I first became an atheist. And I, I see a lot of Christians do this, maybe less so now, but they conflate atheism with Satanism. Right. So they're like, oh, oh my God, atheism actually just means I don't believe in any gods. It doesn't mean I do believe in this particular thing, which is evil and horrible. So I think when people hear anarchist, it's like, to me, it's like, well, I just don't believe in the state. I just don't want a state. I don't want, I, but that doesn't mean I want Attila the Hun. Like, I do think we should be talking about how should we organize ourselves voluntarily? What are some good voluntary systems for getting along and court and solving problems together that are big problems like? But I mean even
1: even, even the whole argument that it is going to turn to shit. It's all going to be violent chaos, right? Compared to like, what? It's just, I know. That's that's the whole thing. It's like, OK, so let's assume that that argument is correct and that it's, we're going to get this violent warlord like reality. What's the worst that's going to happen that if we try anarchy that we we wind up with a government like the one that we have today? We might as well try it if, if, if the worst case scenario is we wind up where we already are.
0: Yeah, that's, that seems to be a lot of the arguments. Like, well, if you allow competing agencies to, like, establish kind of, quote, legal systems, if you allow kind of competition there, the biggest one will end up winning, and then you'll just have a monopoly on. It's like,
1: yes.
2: This and is why this is why
1: like the because why. The monarchists like, this is why they just make no sense. It's like they understand the harmful effects of monopoly, but yet they continue to advocate for it only in the most important sectors of the political economy. It just doesn't make absolutely no sense.
3: Well, yeah. just, just to add to something you were talking about a second ago, Carter, is that the idea that uh, I always tell people that I don't I don't like labels and I only allow two labels for myself. And that's an anarchist and an atheist. And, and the, the, the reason I like those particular labels is because it just tells you what I don't believe. It doesn't actually tell you a damn thing about what my beliefs actually are you you need to be curious and talk to me and ask me questions to get to know that so it makes it it makes it a nice little shorthand for for i just don't believe these couple things other than that you don't know anything about me i'm basically a mystery to you
0: (laughs) you know and it's interesting there's someone who i really like and quote in in chat she always has all these great quotes um but she's disagreeing with me here and she says anarchy tends to end at might makes right but this is a very common belief system and i would challenge people to say What's your historical evidence? Do we have large periods of time in which a relatively peaceful society shrugged their government off and tried to live without it? I don't know any. Like, yeah, what, yeah, what's yeah, the I history don't... of, like, <laughs> hey, they if, like, if you could come back and say, well, they tried it in Texas and it went really badly. Like, okay, then we can have a conversation. But, like, I don't – they always bring up things like Somalia, which is like, all right, but we're not talking about – Weird religions that already have Warlords that are fighting, like we're already having A violent culture
3: Um Well at the at the risk of sounding Like the, well that's not real Communism guy, I don't want to sound like That, but Somalia is An example of a failed state, not an example Of anarchy, I mean when you, if, if you like Got rid of the state here in the United States today, we would look a lot like Somalia Like, that, yeah, you definitely right. have a Might makes right the the problem is people aren't they don't have the mindset the cro- the proper mindset to even know how to function in an anarchist environment because it's been kind of like t- taught out of them bred out of them they have no idea they just know the to to go to class follow a bell listen to what the authority figure says and listen and yes ma'am no no ma'am and that's pretty much all you have um, but if you it, this goal for me, and I'm sure for a lot of you is a multi generational goal in which we start to actually raise our children, as little anarchists as just understanding the fundamentals of it, raise them peacefully, treat them like normal, you know, freaking human beings, God forbid. And you start to actually change society to where they they are in a more of a, a better position to actually question authority to understand uh, self reliance so to understand the basic core principles behind the concept of anarchy. And only then do you slowly start to phase out the state, and people won't suddenly. You know, if if you just snapped your fingers and dropped it today, it'd be people would freak out. They wouldn't know what to do because they don't know how to actually think in that type of mindset.
0: Right. And and so dion's responding. I'm just gonna pick on you, Dion. This history is full of Mike makes right. Yes. Governments.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to yeah. say, that's what yes, we have is. today. They're all They're governments. A little traffic and then, courier. <laughs> yeah. Or churches. And then says,
0: Did you ever hear of Attila the Hun? I mean, I literally just referenced Attila the Hun. So clearly but Attila the
1: know. Hun was a state actor. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's either a it's either
3: state actor in conjunction with the, with the religious religious institution at the time or, you know, imagine, oh, wow. Uh, Sorry, I completely just completely went off another topic in my mind. And it it reminded me of something. I remember um, we were having this discussion earlier today. Uh, I was sitting there telling this lady I was like I remember back in the 90s when like when it, when it came to religious freedom and stuff the, the the left was like hell no we can't be indoctrinating our kids with that religious bull crap and whatnot and it's like nowadays we're like we have the other side going hell no you're not gonna you know brainwash our kids with this CRT stuff and it's this it's this complete flip of I know it was a random topic but it was just something that, that completely same thing though yeah caught me off guard and, and I think we're seeing very similar where it's just the power dynamic is just shifting like we don't we don't want to, uh, it, we're not seeing an anarchic rise we're seeing just the two two wings of the same bird fighting it back and forth and pretending like there's actually a battle at stake here
0: i i would be satisfied if i mean not, not satisfied but i i think one frustrating thing for me is that no one will take it seriously like not no one but few people will like it's hard to even have a discussion like this because everyone's like well it, it obviously it results in this have you ever heard of this blah blah, blah. obviously that's bad but there's no like take a breather Take a deep breath take a step back and let's think about the purpose of a government why we need why we would need a government what a government actually is fundamentally what you're trying to accomplish and consider the possibility that there's other ways of organizing society that don't involving that don't involve sticking a gun a monopoly on the use of force in the hands of a small few Right. Like just consider that that's a possibility. Like you if you're not even willing to consider it, then you're not being you're not. even and you do that every day.
1: Really, the discussion every yes. day. We we engage in peaceful, voluntary exchanges with our neighbors, merchants, loved ones, all sorts of people. And there's no gun involved. There's no force involved. It's only with the hand of the state that you that you get this sort of initiatory violence. And that's that's the real problem here. I don't know. Yeah, I, got- I just don't know how a reasonable person can defend it. You guys heard of, like, the Bitcoin, like, company and their
3: big gun they have that they force everybody into their transactions? Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> yeah a, right. I'm
3: pretty sure it's a thing. All of those cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin. Yeah, must yeah. use Bitcoin here. This is the state-sanctioned uh, currency you must use. No, that's absolutely not. I, I would say that right, the with, crypto with, industry and in its current – so, sorry, uh, just to finish this. Uh, crypto industry and in its current iteration is a beautiful representation of anarchism in my mind.
1: I agree, but like, just like, to, as like, just to juxtapose that, if you, if if you, um, if there's a judgment against you in a court of law, and and someone and you win, someone has to pay you damages, and they they want to pay you in dollars, and you say, no, 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 I don't want dollars. The government will literally put a gun to your head and force you to accept it. So it's like no one's forcing you to accept Bitcoin, but they are in fact forcing you to accept U.S. dollars. Although in El Salvador, that's another story. They they actually well, or they'll show you. up
0: at your house and say you you sold this amount of goods you owe us this amount of taxes and it must be paid in dollars you can't say well it happens every year taxes and, and whatever right yeah um so uh dion who's awesome with quotes she quotes james madison and says if men were angels no <laughs> government would be necessary and this is that this is the fallacy that i i really it really bothers me because it's so wow, obvious. i was about to that Yeah, like okay if men so you're saying men aren't angels so there are some bad people So we need a government, right? How do we know the bad people don't get into the government? Like if, if we've got a community of bad, with some bad people in it, what mechanism do you use to prevent the bad people from gaining the power? In fact, that for, for, for someone like me, I don't want the ring of power. Exactly. I don't want to rule you, but if I were a bad guy. I might really want that ring of power. Like it's an excellent incentive for a narcissist.
3: Huge huge, huge incentive. Oh my god. (laughs) Like that would be like the beautiful like like Lord of the Rings is about government power, I think. (laughs) Like good Mm -hmm. lord. That is the hugest incentive for people, for bad people to look at that and go, Huh "And, and not necessarily bad people, just people who are addicted to power. You know, people who want to tell other people what to do and how to live their lives, people that arguably don't know how to live their own lives yet feel like they can tell others how to live theirs. I mean, we see that going on right now and, and it's it's going on literally before our eyes right now. People who clearly cannot operate their own lives like you're, you're telling me that, Mr. Biden, you couldn't even raise a decent son that couldn't like, you know, make his living off of hookers and blow and losing laptops everywhere. Um and yet you want us to also believe that you can be the leader of the free world like come on man in like fairness
0: is, biden's just a figurehead
3: i, I am aware of that he's, i'm just he's talking not about, aware
0: of what's going on right
3: now i'm it, absolutely well mean. ironically i'm absolutely aware of that and okay. but the point is, is is in in the common person's mind this is kind of the 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 view they take and it's like no you can't have it both ways You just
1: can't. What Dion and James Madison are saying is that man isn't capable of governing himself, but he's perfectly capable of governing large swaths of other people. (laughs) it's it's, It's terribly fallacious.
0: Yes. And and the and the counter here is, well, that's why we have different branches of government fighting each other well like, that was look I, two thugs fighting over me isn't better <laughs> right. like that's, that's I get not that. a better situation
3: okay in, in defense of that particular structure i do get that it was the best conception of how good government oh, should be it, it's it yes. was great it was brilliant it was ahead of its time it was it was it's, it's helped us get this far and be this successful however the problem is there's just no function there's no like method or you know functionality for keeping negative actors out of a system like that you know you're still going to have negative actors and like we said it's it's a it's a honeypot
0: there can't be fundamentally you can't it's it's actually i think it's provably impossible it's a closed system you can't have a method for detecting you can't have a method for detecting bad actors that that relies on because there's no there's no outside objective arbiter that can say that person's a bad actor therefore Mm -hmm. they're not allowed in this position you don't have that it's a it's a closed system so you can't there is no way to guarantee that bad actors don't follow the ring and everybody's and end up fighting over it.
3: Sorry to interrupt. A lot of people are, are of this idea that you know, if if we have anarchy, we have just like might makes right, thugs everywhere, you know, roving motorcycle gangs or what have you. Not not to Mad say Max. that that's yeah. Well, not even that. It's just you know, I, I personally I would prefer my my crazy, uh, power hungry entities to be decentralized, I would prefer them to be smaller. So we can much easily, much more easily smash them out with the local community around us. I I, this model right now that we have where we have to like knee jerk react to every news story that happens, that's multiple states away with actors we will never meet whose lives will never impact our lives all this like, it's too much information to take in. And as a result, we all feel extra scared, right? if everything was on a local level, if, if we like had like the smaller version of this, like a local school board or whatever, some kind of like entity that that handles this a private entity, whatever, I don't know what the solution is. But if we had something like that, it'd be a lot easier to draw attention to actual problems that have actual consequences on the actual people in those communities. And it would make it much easier to actually dream of an assumption. I don't think I used enough actuals in that. So I'm gonna throw a couple more in.
0: Yeah, do it a couple more times.
3: Actually. Let's, I,
0: I want to do a couple super chats because there's one that G-Man, I want to get to that G-Man brought up because uh, there's a nuance in my anarchy view that he's going to tap into. Uh, but Kins first says, one example of the rat line was the French trader Paul Tuvier, a.k.a. the hangman of Lyon. The church protected him for 40 years. Please Google rat line. All right. Someone's very excited about rat line. Uh, by the way, just to be clear, I'm not defending the Catholic church. Uh, this is not a show about how God foxes <laughs> create Catholic. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. So, um, <laughs> it sounds like It sounds like Muggsy Kins is pissed off at the Catholic Church because yeah, they yeah. were in bed with Nazis. Well, right? if there's yeah. anything I've
3: learned about you, Carter, is that you're a secret uh, atheist agent for the Catholic Church.
0: <laughs> I am. I secretly <laughs> love the Pope. Definitely. Um, <laughs> so G-Man says, wait, no, G-Man brings up a really good question, and actually this is, this is why... I don't spend as much time arguing for anarchy and it's G and, and G man's going to bring it up. Okay. Do you think people would accept anarchy? I feel like the majority of people would demand government overlords to rule over them. Unfortunately, well, I, the so of- this, oh, that's my, well, I just, let me just answer it first. And I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. That is my, that's what gives me anxiety about, um, I disagree with our political system. I think it's horrible and I do, I do want anarchy. However, I am more concerned at the philosophical and psychological state of the population right now, and maybe they got that way because there was a feedback loop and government kind of produced uh, a dysfunctional society. But I, I don't know that a dis, like I don't know that if we and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know if we just magically got rid of government tomorrow. I don't know how this culture would react to that. Um, and I don't know that it's positive. So well, I, I could be wrong, maybe it would be, but that's why my focus is more on the one of the things that you brought up, Daniel, which is kids. Well, yeah, Future yeah, generations yeah. need to be yeah. full of like kids that can reason and use their own judgment and, and resist uh, authority. And I think we need to be focusing on philosophies to, to kind of give arm people with uh, a moral code that's not derived from uh, authority figures, uh, be it religion or the state. Okay, I'll shut up now. And so you guys
3: first see. of all, like the irony that people are concerned that in an anarchist society might makes right. Um, when really, if you can, if you think about this, the 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 way people get their model for how to operate within society is that might makes right. As in I'm the parent, I'm mommy. I said, so you better listen to what I, well, I'm daddy. Actually I'm daddy. And I said, so you need to do what I say or else suffer the consequences. This is just a basic fundamental model that we've grown up to accept. We are raised with it from the time. That's bad
0: parenting to be clear.
3: I I agree actually. And and a lot of people have a really hard time wrapping their mind around a, a different way of parenting. And like, for me, like the biggest challenge was, Putting myself in a position where I am teaching my kids how to negotiate, how to how to actually put them more, I guess, empower them more. But to your point about the lack of governance, um, one of the, one of the things that a lot of people don't seem to to get when they hear anarchy means no rulers, no government, they they, they seem to hear no governance. And I, I think there's a, a a fundamental different difference between the two. And I think you can still have governance insofar as say. I would say like the, the, the Better Business Bureau would be a, a good uh, like a model for how businesses should act. And, you know, if, if, if you go into a restaurant and they've got this this these series of stickers on their front door says we're certified by this private organization, that one, that one. Then you know, They've come in and, and done all these health inspections. Like the more of those stickers you see, the more you're like, yeah, OK, this is a legit organization. Government wasn't needed. They can come in and have certain standards that you can go to these these third party entities and look and okay so this is what they check for this is what they you know this is what they count off for this is, you know like you could do this this is not it lack already of does governance exists
0: in in some in some places yeah like, that's
3: that's why that's why there is examples to point to but I mean if if you get rid of like government regulation in, in its place we'll have third-party private industries that would be glad to stake their reputation on making sure these certain companies are operating under certain standards that they have set themselves or, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't know what the solutions are, but it can be done.
1: We'll we'll find out those solutions. Once we like let entrepreneurs apply creativity to these problems, right? We we don't know. This is a great example with like, like, I bring up with the roads. We don't know what a private road will look like. Because we haven't allowed entrepreneurs to apply their creativity to it. Maybe there would be a lane made out of like bumpers, like rubber bumpers, and you can drive really drunk on that road and they don't have to worry about getting a ticket or dying. We don't know what the answer is going to be because we and have. And some people wouldn't want to drive. drive on that road. That's right. Yeah. But like, well, the, but like to the initial right. question, Carter, let me just answer the initial question about like, you know, are, are we ready to accept anarchy? Is the rest of society ready? No, I absolutely. don't care. <laughs> Even things. I, I this is this is why I call myself an aborist because I just don't care. If you if you can't see the tyranny in front of your eyes right now, as they're injecting mm-hmm. children, as they're doing all these terrible things, if they're, they're murdering people all around the world, if you can't see that, there's there's really no hope for you at this point. I it's it's too late. We only get 70, 80 years with a lot of luck. We get 70, 80 years. So oh like, my God. I don't have I don't have time to convince everybody. I don't have time to save people. I can only save myself. You can only save yourself. Daniel can only save himself. We all are responsible for ourselves. And that's that's why I, I really prefer agorism.
3: Do you mind if I grab this comment here from Daniel Keene here? This is, He was addressing what Go I was ahead. saying. He says this type of organizational governance for services ends up uh, with a group like Yelp who suppresses the businesses that refuse to pay them. I, I would strongly encourage you to place government, gov- like your your current U.S. government in place of Yelp. And reread your organiser, reread your comment. That's pretty much all you need to do to answer that. So if you're against this kind of thing, then clearly you're also against our, our current model. So what other model would you suggest? I guess is would be my
1: question. Can I can, can I take this yeah. one from Stephen because um, yes so uh Stevie i, I says also have
0: i also have thoughts on it but i'd like you to same comment. here this he says have a,
1: we have a blind spot <laughs> corporations it's not in their interest to allow the sort of government we're proposing well we're i'm proposing no government at all right 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 but the, the, the trouble is that corporations only exist by state charter right so it's like without the state there are no corporations without the state there's no one to show favor to one business over another and they actually can only survive based on the merits of their own their own you know business competence
3: just to simplify I, it think about what a corporation actually is like it used to be traditionally like if I'm a banker right and I am and, and I am responsible for the operation of my business so if I screw up I lose everything I lose my house I lose my home under a corporation well all of a sudden my home's protected I can screw up and what gets sued the corporation gets sued It's a state designed model it's not it's not anything exactly. that I I don't think would ever exist in a in a anarchic
1: society well there I'm, is, I'm, is an I'm anarchist. against that. You would, ahead. There, there is an anarchist alternative and that's the joint stock co- joint stock company, which is a nap friendly alternative to the corporations.
0: Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know that particular thing. I actually haven't read a lot about, uh, anarchist alternatives, but I think you would have, there are legitimate reasons to protect business owners from liability because it allows them to take greater risks for things and potentially get greater rewards. Yeah. And I think in a free market, you might have particular type of entities arise that but but when people dealt with those entities they would know what they are oh this is the kind of entity where if it goes tits up I'm not going to be able to get anything out of them (laughs) like that's the kind of entity it is it's an agreement between because really in a corporate a corporation fundamentally when you remove the state from it is just an agreement between people to We're going to do this thing. This is going to be what we're doing. We're going to call ourselves this. This is how finances are going to be divided. This is how ownership is going to be divided. This is who gets to decide what. Like, I think that structure would, because it's useful, because because collaboration between large large numbers of people for common goals is useful, um, I I think you would have it arise. My goodness. But you might have, you don't think so?
3: Oh, I'm just sitting there thinking like the the problem is already being solved. It, it, it is I can point to is pretty specific examples in the music industry right now with using uh, NFTs. Um, I don't know if anybody knows what an NFT is. For those who don't, it's called a non fungible token. It's blockchain type, cryptocurrency type stuff. Here is what I'm talking about. But um, basically, it. Like, like uh, what's what's the standard model where you have stakeholders, uh, companies go public, so to speak, and people can purchase uh, stock in the company and they, they invest in the company. Um, that model is, uh, I think it's going to be outdated pretty soon. Um, the music industry itself has changed insofar, is, is going to change, I think, insofar as now these artists can put out NFTs of their music where people can actually own the actual music and can basically profit off of the success of that artist. So, so the artist is funded by their fans versus some big investors that have a huge stake in making sure these artists succeed or not. It's a whole, completely different way of looking at, looking at it. It's an anarchic way of looking at it, I think. And I think it kind of solves that problem for us.
0: I don't actually think NFTs are fundamentally any different than crowd. Like it's, it's no different than a publicly traded company except for the regulations, right? Like that you would do the same thing without the crypto tech the same thing would happen in anarchy where it was like, hey, that person's a really good musician. They wanna make music, they need money, fans fund them in exchange for a piece of revenue. The end, like- Yeah, and, this is just and, a way of legitimizing And you'd it probably have a corporation, yeah, and you'd probably have some agreement there where the fans say, we'll fund you, but if you go and and like murder someone, we're not liable anymore. We're funding you to make music and like we need a barrier there. And like, and we didn't aim for that agreement so that everyone knows this is a musician and the entity that you're paying for this musician is this kind of an entity where you can't go sue his fans who funded him. Like this kind of thing would probably just arise. I I really think we would have something very similar and whether it gets implemented with NFT or not is just a technical detail as far as I'm concerned.
3: So what I'm finding interesting is we're, we're, we're sitting here, we're discussing potential solutions for things. We don't know. None of us know how things would be solved because we can't possibly, you know, and that's that's the whole argument we're making. We can't possibly know what's best for, you know, the billion transactions, the billion decisions that are made daily in the private market. We can't, just can't do it. Um, but we're trying. And, and I've got too many people that I talk to that seem like they need to have all the answers before they'll sign off on this. Like, well, how do you do that? Well, how do you do that? Well, fundamentally, Quite frankly, I don't give a shit. I, I think. What was your? I'm sorry, I, I forgot your name already. Sal. So. Sal? Yeah, Chase. Sal, so just like just like Sal was saying earlier, like I don't I don't care how we solve them. I just know that uh, personally, I just know it's immoral. Like to sit there and steal money from people, and it, I don't care if you're funding ninety year old grand grandladies ladies who are trying to you know run an orphanage. I don't care what the use of, of the funds are. You've stolen it. It's immoral. We we see what happens when the state gets a hold of our funds. So what do we do instead of that? And and what the solutions are? How the fallout is? I don't. I don't really care. I, I don't know. I, I just have uh, I, I just strongly believe that it will be better than we curr- what we currently have.
1: Well, I think I think the whole I think crypto anarchism and you know, the, the whole rise of tokenization that you were discussing, I think that is a whole, uh, that provides a whole set of solutions for us in a lot of different ways. Cryptocurrency is a solution to the inflationary tendencies of these banksters and the, the Goldman Sachs crime family. Um you know, tokenization is, is, is going to protect us from FINRA and the SEC. And it's going to help artists, as you said, it's going to help decentralize the healthcare industry and so on and so forth. And really the, the possibilities are endless. And that's the whole point of agorism. It's to sort of create these market-based alternatives to state monopolies. And when people ask me like, well, what do we do about X, Y, and Z? I said, well, go create, go create a solution. Innovate. Yeah, right. Like yeah, be an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly.
3: Figure
1: it out. Are people you are worry, smart, though
0: man. as a, like, I, I've always been worried. So I like some some of NFT stuff. Some of it I think is just, uh, I think they're overused, but that's a separate issue. Right? Oh,
3: absolutely. I um, like everything, sure. Yeah.
0: Think
1: but, about, uh, about the amount of use cases that beyond what they're being used for now, though. Sure, are sure. And,
0: like, and like autonomous Lutra corporations are really exciting to me, which can be done on the blockchain as well, I like right? the
3: way Lutra23 described. She said, uh, I guess he or she, I don't know. Uh, NFTs are a way of creating a pro- programmatically unique digital asset, correct? It's a way of protecting individual assets from copying yeah yeah uh, nfts are different insofar as like like uh yeah. what, what was a uh, napster back in the day we could just go on and make infinite copies of music and stuff well uh, with with nfts like you actually do have a what, what they said prog- programmatically unique digital asset like you can prove it on the blockchain it is yours you own it nobody else can take it and then when you sell it you no longer have it
0: you can copy it though. Correct. It's what you have what you have is a protected certificate from that particular blockchain that says you're the owner of it. Right. Just, it like a, f- just like you can go snap a
3: just like you can go snap a photo of the, the Mona Lisa doesn't mean you Yeah, you can go snap a photo, you can make recreations of the Mona Lisa it doesn't mean you own the Mona Lisa. Right.
0: What you have is a digital certificate that says you own it. On right, right. Essential,
3: Essentially, digital. yes. It's, it's well, if like, I like, proof of ownership, proof of ownership is what it is. If, if, if
1: yeah. he if he owned an NFT of a, of a piece of art or something, and I and I wanted to buy it, only he could send it to me. He could send me a screen copy, right? But but, he, like, but you could but original. you could
0: send the image all around the internet all you wanted. You, yeah, like absolutely. Absolutely. And, but yeah. and and he would in modern society he would maybe appeal to the government. But now there's something
3: Sorry, but if there was something built on top of that, say if the artist makes some money, or say you know there's something that gets distributed down throughout whoever owns those original you know NFTs of their music, that the more successful the artist gets, the more valuable those NFTs become, right? That that's where it kind of becomes different, differentiates between just a copy versus you know th- there's a reason why you might want proof of digital ownership right well think if about you like, uh, if you get something
0: if a revenue stream comes with it then 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 yes that that would be valuable if there, if there's not a revenue stream that comes with it through agreements with the artist then it's basically you, just bragging rights it's like could I you imagine
3: like, oh, could you imagine owning one of the original NFTs of a Michael Jackson version of like uh, Billy Jean or something like 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 dude like bragging rights for, for real <laughs> like people love that yeah. shit they love collecting
1: sure things. sure
0: but like, it's but it is just back bragging rights at the end of the day yeah i agree that that matters but like but
1: think think of things like um contests right Like think about like a super bowl pool for example like rather than giving people like those you know you ever guys you guys ever play those like super bowl pools where you get 100 boxes and you have to put your initials in it and depending on the score yeah. you might win well imagine we had nfts for each one of those boxes right at that point then it really becomes significant who's holding that that token and who's not
3: yeah yeah so all this this to say oh sorry go ahead
0: i would just i just want to clarify for people again what there's nfts aren't magic in that there needs to be a link outside of the blockchain between the actual owner and the blockchain that where he says yes this is a valid like between the person like dorsey sold his first tweet right he put it on he put it on the blockchain he sold an nft of his first tweet correct it's it's only an nft of his first tweet it's only it only is ownership quote of his first tweet because he says it is right like it's it's only ownership if he just said "eh, i'm gonna sell it to a competing nft now there's two owners like it would go down in value and people would be pissed but like there's no it's only worth what people are willing
3: to pay for it just like an old mickey mantle baseball card you know it's still just a piece of cardboard right. with it's a, not a the same as on actually
0: it. owning the masters though or actually like
3: right there, it's just a digital version be, of
0: it
2: yeah, there party, does you know, need that. to
0: be a framework of agreement, and we'll, I'll, I'll not use the word legal, but there does need to be a framework of agreement between parties outside of the digital universe that this digital universe is the representation of the physical world that they are adopting.
1: Perhaps, I th- I think, but, I think. I think mean, a, a, a sort of more, like, overarching point here is, like, forget about just, like, NFTs for the use case that we're describing, we're about to undergo a complete Tocambrian explosion. The amount of use cases for tokens is about to explode. A and Tocambrian I think that the people... explosion? Is that
0: what you said? Um, yeah, I yeah, was that... like, <laughs> what is that
3: word? I've never heard it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's like,
0: it's I, like a I, Cambrian explosion. but I
1: thought it was like a Lord of the Rings reference. That's what I've, I've been calling it a Tocambrian explosion because if you think about the, the Cambrian explosion, we had these sort of like this explosion of different diverse forms of life, like all over the place in different ecosystems. And that's what's about to happen with tokens and I think that the, the the agorists, the anarchists, the voluntarists, the crypto anarchists who are in on this now are going to be the ones who, who really benefit man, the future.
3: It's one of the few areas where I've noticed that there is, there is no political leanings on this stuff at all. I've noticed that you know across the across the, the spectrum, man, there's everybody is interested in this. So that's that tells me there's something really special about this.
1: And like, and there just to get back to what the listener or the the, the viewer asked before about like how do like how are we gonna get people to buy into these things, it's not gonna be by It's going to be by, like, like you just said, we have people buying into NFTs who don't know anything about politics. It's going to be by economic incentive alone that we bring people into the fold. And again, that's agorism. That's that's what market based anarchy is all about.
0: That's what I like about agorism because you don't have to do the the. um,
1: Yeah. Don't have to do the
0: the convincing and that kind of stuff. And I will say this: I gave a talk like probably five or six years ago now um, at. Uh, the Ayn Rand Institute, and my argument, it was about Bitcoin, and my argument was that culturally, Bitcoin has already been successful regardless of what, what happens to it, what, regardless of what the state has done, and the reason for that was I'd never heard anyone use the term fiat other than like a few people, yeah. and now everyone, everyone in the Bitcoin community, regar- like you're saying, regardless of politics, knows yep. what fiat is, yep. and they say That's it aggressively, that's great. that was, that's the tech and that it didn't take, it wasn't Murray Rothbard and it wasn't anyone else like running around explaining to be, it wasn't Ron Paul explaining the federal reserve. It was the incentive of Bitcoin. And they're like, Oh, I understand what fiat is. Now they get what fiat is. Um, so yes. I think that yes. I really like that aspect of agorism. Uh,
3: I'm sorry, you have to forgive my ignorance here, but I've heard the term agorism, but I'm not really sure. Is that like anarcho-capitalism or is it distinctively different somehow?
1: It's 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 similar, but um, we differ in the sense that we prefer like a non-political strategy. We use like the black and gray markets to undermine the state. We believe that like black and gray market activity will undermine and subvert the state. Um, Sam Konkin described it in his book, New Libertarian Manifesto and Agorist Primer.
3: So, I so it's
0: kind of like, well, like – Sal, am I wrong? I view it as like a way to anarchy that's that's more practical than
1: exactly arguing it. Yeah, people. yeah. It, it's a it's a means to an end. It's a way to achieve an anarchist society.
3: Gotcha. So it's – okay, I got you. So it's, it's like a – it's like describing the pathway there rather than the actual destination.
1: Essentially, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, I got you. Okay, okay. I just learned a new word today.
0: Yeah, I'm going to read something, guys, because it's – so we talked about roads before and like – um how would how would x y and z be done in an anarchist society and blah 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 and beverly always gets mad at me beverly's our producer she always gets mad at me when i <laughs> i i give i give the answer that i'm about to read which i i had i gave this answer before i stumbled across this essay but uh this this is written more eloquently but she always says well you can't just say that you have to give some examples you still need to give examples but still i'm going to read this um And it starts with, he's talking about what would a free market in legal services be like? And this is John Hasness again. And he says, I'm always tempted to give the honest and accurate response to this challenge, which is that to ask the question is to miss the point. If human beings had the wisdom and knowledge generating capacity to be able to describe how a free market would work, that would be the strongest possible argument for central planning which I, I love. He's exactly correct. Um, and then later on, he says, uh, uh, further for an advocate of free market law to even accept this challenge would be to engage in self-defeating activity since the more successfully he or she could destroy describe how the law or a shoe would function, the more he or she would prove that it could be run by state planners. Um, that's ultimately the right answer, and I'm going to stick with it, even though Beverly hates me for sticking with it. Do you guys have a I, better uh, answer than that?
3: Yes, you said that you have to have examples of stuff. You can't just say these things. And I'm sitting here thinking: Can you imagine if you had to have like examples of what this, the, these new smartphones could do before you actually developed them? Like, like okay, so here's all of the things it's going to do in the future. Like everything that we that, that's ever going to happen with them. This is all the technology that's going to be otherwise, you're not getting funding. (laughs) Like, that's just that would be absurd. (laughs) Like, there's just no possible way to do that. And yet we still continue to innovate and create new things and make and and explore new ideas. And we don't need to have necessarily, you know, a perfect working model in another location, like somebody's got to be the first somebody has to be the first one to actually do it and make it work, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, one thing I just wanted to throw into there, too, is um, Bob Murphy has a great book called Chaos Theory, where he tries to he tries his best to, to do this. And I think he makes a valiant effort here in describing ex- how an anarchist society, not how it would function, but how it could function. So it's a great little read. If anybody's interested, Chaos Theory by Bob Murphy, you can get it free from the Mises Institute.
0: I like to think of it as I, one of the analogies I like to think is is evolution. Um, like if you sat down and you were like design a being,
2: yeah, <laughs> That's true, hard,
0: right? That's oh. pretty hard. But if you're like, hey, here's some here's some small constraints, uh, iterate on that and see what comes up. Well, some things will fail, and you'll end up with some species that die off, and some things will perform wonderfully, and you'll and they'll take over the planet. Uh, so,
1: but it's not know, right the that those species die off. off. We have we have to we have to subsidize these species that can't compete, Carter. Or are, you, are, you, are you are you heartless? Come yeah. on, G man. I know.
3: know. I mean, G man in the comments, man. He said he says you gotta pass the bill before we know what's in it. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like no, so, no, I don't. I, like quite frankly, with all due respect, no, I absolutely do not. If well, if can actually.
1: that's a nancy pelosi no no
3: hear me out here hear me out if if i convince you that it is immoral to chop off the third from the left finger of every child in america If I say that's immoral, and you're like, "Yeah, totally immoral," we should probably come up with other solutions beyond that. Like, how do we, you know, move on past that? I I don't think there's anything anything further to discuss. I don't have to show you like what a society would look like when people suddenly have all of their fingers all of the time. Like, I don't need to show you that. We've we've agreed it's immoral. Let's move on. Let's figure out how we do it from here. You know? Unless you're
1: King Leopold.
3: Oh, that's probably that's true. And, and, and 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 honestly, that was probably a bad example. But I, you know, I just kind of didn't really have anything else. But that, that's well, kind of the general gist of what I'm saying. If we agree that it's immoral, we don't have to show you right. every every other idea that we don't have to show you the entire future of what anarchy could be. Like we just don't. We we right figure this shit out.
0: Right. No, the, the 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 immoral argument is the easiest one because it just shows that it's immoral. I I do want to draw a distinction though because people like I know G Man might be joking about this, but like. She's talking about a bill, which is force. We're going to force you at gunpoint to do blah, 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 and you have to like it, and we're not going to show you until after we can force you at gunpoint to do it. That's much different. That's a much different scenario. And also, a lot of people will say this whenever we're, we're – we're, whenever I'm talking about the free market, a lot of people will say, i uh, will say – I'll end up saying something like, that sounds similar to people like, well, it's never been tried, right? And, yeah. they, and then they'll yeah. jump back to like, that's the same thing the commies say about communism, you moron, you're using the same argument. First of all, commies also breathe. They also say two plus two is four, most of them. Uh, like they do a lot of things just because they do it and it's wrong when they do it, doesn't mean it's wrong when we do it, if you understand the nuanced differences. When I say free market solutions have never been fully tried, that's not the entirety of the statement. To the extent to which free market solutions have been tried, they've been wildly successful. Look at every little bit they've been tried, and that's all been wildly successful. I'm saying do more. Mm. The commies turn around and look at history. To the extent communism's been tried, it's been a flop, and it's killed people. That's not and-
1: real communism. <laughs> no, no. Right. They so just I deny look it.
0: back. Right, but that, but when they say that, they're denying the historical evidence that suggests what the nature of communism is when i say free market wait when i say free market true free markets have never been tried i'm i'm not ex- i'm not ignoring the historical evidence i'm looking at it saying it's been pretty good and we've gotten close and we should do more of that but let's 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 try doing even more because we haven't gone all the way we've gone some percentage of the way there yeah, and it yeah, worked out really well you, you and can't, then they were intellectual thing to say that's the same as a communist
1: and then, they, but then they just revert to rejecting the historical evidence of the success of any sort of market measure to fight the government, like you know, Bitcoin or three D printers or, or anything you know of that sort. <clears throat> right.
0: Right. Also, we, you brought you brought up uh, roads. I I would I didn't like roads. So, no, Sal did <laughs> earlier. He thought, he was talking about what would the road look like. Or how it's would look, a free market road look like? It would be right? awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I actually want people to think, especially people who care about the environment. And when, like, I'm putting that in quotes because I don't have yeah. a lot of environmentalist politics. Without the government, so first of all, it was the government that built interstate freeways, it was governments that built a lot of the infrastructure, it's governments mm-hmm. that have subsidized gas and oil. Without the government, I don't know transportation would look the way it
3: does today. Absolutely not. For all I know would have no flying way. cars. You I don't want know your what flying cars, like. people, people, you want your flying cars. We're supposed to have them back in like 2010. I want my, a lot earlier, right. I don't know what it would like,
0: what, what it would look like, but to st- like, we are, we're living in this distorted infrastructure. That was the result of government central planning. So don't tear your hair out. If you don't understand how a free market would produce this, it might not. It would probably produce something better. That's okay. It we doesn't have rid- to
3: look like this. We should get rid of slavery. Well, how would we pick the cotton? I don't know. Yeah. How, would, how would we exactly. mimic slaves without slavery?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Milton Friedman said it best. He says, you know, if you put the government in charge of the, Sah- of the Sahara Desert, pretty soon there would be a shortage of sand. Next time you guys are sitting in traffic, remember that because traffic is really all traffic is is the transportation sector experiencing a shortage because they, they can't meet the market demand. So uh, That's a good you know, one. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. And and then the th- think about the environmental damage that that takes when you have you know 100,000 cars sitting blocked up on I-95, all emitting CO2, and then you know the same people who monopolize the roads tell us that we have to be more environmentally conscious. It's a sham.
0: Right, right. I will say this about the free market, though, and I'm going to circle back to the culture and philosophy thing for just a minute.
3: Um, <gasps> sorry. And so- I'm going to interrupt. I'm sorry. Greg okay, Baritone, just sorry. He said we'd be traveling in Futurama tubes. Screw the flying cars. I want the tubes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tubes. Elon
0: well, you know, Musk is trying.
3: <laughs> That's yeah,
0: awesome. We, I, we might actually not be traveling as much. We've seen from coronavirus lockdowns that – uh, it turns out remote work is actually something that a lot of companies will support. And, you know, if they're, if they're, I'll use the word incentivized in quotes, cause they're not, it's, it's by force a little bit, but um, maybe we little, would have had, Just a small well, gun. some of them are doing it voluntarily. Right. Uh, but look, this is, we might end up with, we might not be clustered in cities in the same way. Right. Um, we, we might actually have much more, remote capabilities for working there might be different mass transit not public transit but mass transit solutions for things we just don't know what it would look like um so
3: and obviously flying cars are the best or I totally didn't mean to derail you like I want, that. I am so sorry. I want the
0: transporters, though, not just the tu- – two. I want the transporters from Star Trek, not the tubes.
1: Well, the other thing, too, is like think about – like I, th- I think like a lot of times we joke about the roads, like, oh, what about the roads and my, my roads and stuff like that? And it's like a big joke, but it actually – like it's actually very serious if you think about it. If, if they didn't monopolize the roads, cops couldn't hide in the bushes and they couldn't sit there with their little radar guns and, and try to extort <laughs> oh. revenue from people. They so couldn't come up to your roads, window yeah. and say – you know what's that smell, or what do you have in your car, and what's in your what's in your back seat? They couldn't do any of that shit if the roads were privatized. And these these municipalities are highly dependent on traffic ticket revenue for their budget. So it's really it, it's sort of the roads are sort of the key to to their operation in in a, in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I want so yeah, I do want to circle back though to uh, culture and philosophy a little bit. Here's the sad truth about the free market and this is why this is why I don't think the free market with bad apples in it is going to give us what we what is optimal. The free market does not give you the best solution. The free market gives you a solution that most people want. And if most people are self-destructive morons, the free market will give you self-destructive <laughs> idiocy. Like that's what you'll end up with. So if everyone likes Cardi B more than, I don't know, pick a band that's good, Led Zeppelin, you'll end up with lots of Cardi B. Uh, and that's, I mean, maybe you guys like Cardi B, I don't know.
3: But. it's Like literally my favorite. I, she yeah, was man. Saying, I, I, wow, I figured fun. she was, right? I'm a little, <laughs> yeah. I'm a, uh, you see my hat here? It says professional phobismist. It's, I'm hugely offended by what you just said. I think I'm gonna yeah. log out now. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Uh, this, this this is why i think that i think together with something like agorism needs to be a i think we need to grow up as a species right i think i think we've got a lot of psychological dysfunction in our culture right now we've got a lot of bad philosophy in our culture some of that maybe was part of the feedback loop government like helped create it uh, So, you know, I, I'll admit that, but I do I think, think all not, of that matters.
1: It's, sorry to interrupt. It's not, I, I'm no, not, at least in my opinion, I don't think it's about finding the best product or something like that. Sorry, my Siri keeps catching my words for some reason, but I think it's more about the allocation of scarce resources. And if you read like basic economics by Tom Sowell, this is what he keeps mm-hmm. repeating like ad nauseum. It's economics is about finding the, the most productive allocation of scarce resources and that's what it is. So it's like if people are buying Cardi B rather than Led Zeppelin, then there's a the market is transferring resources to Cardi B away from Led Zeppelin for some particular reason. We might not agree right. with it, but there is a reason behind that, right? You know, and a lot of other examples. That that might be a poor example, but like if you actually draw a real example from the market, I think it's it's it makes it makes a lot more sense.
0: Well, sure, but you imagine like. You know, you could have a world. So I'm against the war on drugs, obviously, for a whole slew of reasons, right? But I don't, if heroin were legal, I still wouldn't be injecting it every weekend, right? Like, that's not a thing that I would suggest one does. Not anymore um Yeah. And Daniel might stop soon. I don't Sal's going to keep it up. <laughs> uh...
3: <laughs> hey, with the, the days I've been having going on lately, good Lord, I might need it. I don't know. I never <laughs> tried it, but it might be a good idea to start.
0: Right, but you could have you could imagine a population of people who just wanted that. Um, now, I think over the long run they wouldn't survive because right. injecting heroin as a lifestyle <laughs> leads to unproductivity and probably you wouldn't that. be able to feed yourself and like like that's just probably a bad lifestyle choice. So I think eventually over time it would work itself out. I do I do agree with that. Exactly. But in the short term it's like ah in the short term, there could be some pain for some people. So I will admit that there are people who, for whom, it will be more painful to be like. Think of yeah, ALC. Now aren't you, she would be are, a bartender, you, maybe, and that's it. Like that's what she would get without the government. Right?
1: But like, aren't you now subsidizing the non-competitive member of our evolutionary race?
0: No, I'm not actually saying we should subsidize. I'm saying we should. We should teach people how not to do that we should be focused on like
2: how to actually
0: how to like raise better kids teach people better philosophy teach them to make better decisions um and if you couple that with something like agorism then then you have a more healthy society moving forward
1: yeah this is what i I try telling people this about like abortion, like they're like, oh, what's your opinion on abortion, Sal? And I'm like, no one wants to see abortions prevalent. Like we all want a society with as with the minimal amount of abortions possible. My point is that that change doesn't start around the table of some congressional committee. It has to start around the family dinner table. It has to start at home. Right. It starts with speaking with your children and stuff like that. And I think if you do look to the state for solutions, you are gonna get these sort of backwards allocation of resources. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Whew. There was something okay. earlier we were talking about, about the, the fact that we've, ne- we've never actually had, we've never had full capitalism before. We've never tried f- true free markets. And uh, one of the one of the things that uh, I found missing and that we now have at least a vision of is the fact that the, what, what was it they said it was, uh, years ago? I heard this phrase, like we, we'll never, we won't have a true free market until we have a true free market and currency. And that stuck yes. with me for the longest yes. time. It didn't, it didn't make Absolutely. sense to me. It really just, I I couldn't wrap my mind around, what does that even mean? Until about 2013 or so when I started, you know, noticing crypto and stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is what a free market and currency would look like. There's so many of them and they're all competing to provide you the best service possible. And there's a whole bunch of crap ones out there. And that's okay because we know for a fact, there's a whole bunch of crappy restaurants out there too, but we still know where the, where the good ones are at, right? And it's yeah. like, and the crap did not last. Yeah, and I think we're going to see very soon in the future what a true capitalist society might look like, especially if things start moving toward that. At least without so much uh, stranglehold on the reserve currency, in terms of the U.S. control is concerned, I, I think we're going to start seeing a totally different shift in the way we start thinking about things, and it won't and it won't come with coercion. It won't come with us having to, con- you know, make people start behaving differently there will just be so much incentive to do things this new way it'll be just so much easier to do things this way that people will just kind of they'll just do it they'll just do it yeah it's it's just the
1: agorist thing Go ahead, exactly just to harken back to what you were saying carter um do we just lose him he doesn't matter okay well well, just to go back to what you're saying he was saying how capitalism we have never had like real capitalism and stuff like that but i would just point back to what you said earlier when when we have had it in terms of the black and gray markets it has been successful so like the few examples that we have of it you know like like real anarchism has never been tried but if you look at the black market that is anarchism and and where it's where it's where it's been tried it's it's worked fairly well
0: yeah i view that i view that i was thinking about another analogy like so you've got like a commie saying, like advocating, uh, arsenic, like just let's full on drink a bunch of arsenic. And, and they look back and we say, well, you know, you've had a sipping arsenic a little bit for years and it's only made us sicker. And they're like, well, yeah, but the full arsenic hasn't been tried. And then you have a free market guy who's like, let's have like a real glass of water. And you're like, well, you've had a sipping water for a while. And it's like, yeah, but we felt a little bit better then. Right so maybe we should try the full glass of water it's not the same argument to say a full glass of water has never been tried a little bit of it has been tried and it's worked a little bit of communism has been tried and it's failed
1: it's incredible how easily you can you can replace the word arsenic with fluoride and get a real life scenario (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible (laughs)
3: Man, what's what's funny is even in an anarchist society, if you want to run a little co- commune, I don't care. That's entirely up to you. If you want to have a small little area where you all chip in together and split your resources, and everybody's eat, hey, you do you, man. I don't care. It doesn't. God it doesn't, bless. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and if you can make it work, then you will act as a model about how to run a society and other people look at that and go, hey, did you hear about this little community over here, man? Listen to what they're doing. And they'll bring their arguments to their local area and they'll, they'll start to transform into something that, that looks similar to it. They, they may have some good ideas about how to run things. I know that sounds really weird coming out of my mouth, but... In, in, in the absence of a state, you're never going to be able to dig out the good ideas and w- once you get rid of the gun, then you'll be able to actually see what is a legit idea and what is you know people are actually willing to to, to follow through with, right?
0: That's one of the ways to blow up a lot of uh, statist arguments with what you just said like look, in the system that we're proposing, you're allowed to go off into your little group of people mm-hmm. and voluntarily have your community doing what you want. In the system you're proposing, we're not we're not you're in no, our business no, with fauci no, not and guns that's the, your system <laughs> like we don't want to be in that system
3: uh, and 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 ironically the the very party that wants to ban guns is the ones that are most interested in using state power
0: <laughs> they don't want to ban guns they want to ban gun they want to they want to give the state a monopoly on guns
3: but, but, so uh, yeah I there's actually no
0: it. one who wants to ban guns no we you can't call them like they they're they're what they are they're not they're not asking they're not trying to ban guns. They're trying to give the state a monopoly on guns. Right. Um, and that which goes is hula-
3: Which is hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, until they um, actually do it, and then it's not very hilarious anymore. It's quite scary. Uh,
0: I want to read... I asked Beverly to put something on screen, but I don't think she did. Uh, hold on. Where is it?
3: Yeah, I might have been bothering her, too. That's all right. Um,
0: oh, <laughs> Greg the Baritone wrote... ALC is the only waitress who brings nothing to the table. That's the best line. That's a good one. <laughs> you in, Greg uh, A super I'm going to do a super chat while we're waiting for Sal to come back. Assuming Sal's coming back. Maybe he was right. dragged away by the IRS. Johnny Boy Quick Draw says, Roads are one of the worst arguments against anarchy. People forget there's an entire subgenre of horror movies where one wrong turn off a major highway means inbred hillbillies will try to eat you. <laughs> That's
3: that's probably point. true that's probably true and without and without roads you can never get to those you know backwood communities
0: you get to the backwood places that's yeah right. so
3: people are actually it's, I, I get it that actually makes a lot of sense people would be safer <laughs> without the roads there's gonna be no hillbilly axe murderers without roads that's the <laughs> yeah, I, I would i would i would sleep so much better if i didn't have hear the squeals of pigs out here in my back property you know what i'm saying are we talking
1: about the police mm-hmm. again
0: hmm? no, we're, no oh, we're not talking about the police i see what but we did can. there we can oh, actually
1: pulling people over.
0: What do you actually Sal? I'm curious about this. Cause I want to know what do you think about <clears throat> the Kyle Rittenhouse thing?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I got into a lot I'm of trouble sure. with this one.
0: Yeah. You, we might disagree. I, That's why I'm asking you. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So a lot of anarchists really, really gave me a lot of heat for this one. Cause I questioned whether or not all, and this was a while ago, I think there was three people shot, right? I questioned yes. whether all three of them were clean shots. Um, of course, I'm going only by the video evidence that I saw, and a, a lot of it is contextual. It really depends on what happened on scene, which I don't have access to information. But based on what I saw, I think at least a couple of them might not have been clean shots. Um, again, only what I saw. But what I saw was some guy running through a parking lot. He takes cover behind a car, turns around, and there's a plastic bag flying through the air at him, and he gets scared and shoots, and someone dies. Um so I, I, I'm not sure that that was a clean shot. And I think the other one with the – I guess he was getting hit with the back of a skateboard. Um, I don't think that was a clean shot either because I don't think that – I think in order to take lethal force, your life has to be threatened. And I don't think that being hit with the the flat part of a skateboard over the fatty part of your shoulder, I don't think a reasonable person would consider that a lethal, a lethal attack. Now, Imagine, there was one. Sorry, there was I- one, though – Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm just
3: I'm I'm trying to imagine being in that situation, and just you know, you're sitting there getting assaulted. You have no idea what the guy's intentions are. You don't know if hell any moment he could take that skateboard, turn it on its on its thin side, smack you in the right place, and all of a sudden you're done for. That's it. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what he's got in his back pocket. You don't know. All you know is this dude is attacking you straight up, and you have to think quick and you have to act now. You don't. Have, I mean, in hindsight, so easy to go back and look. Well, it was hitting the meaty part of his shoulder, and it was the broad side of the skate. Like no. Yeah, I- in that moment, I'm I not thinking any of that at all. I think 100% he did exactly what any of us would have done in that exact same situation, hands down no matter what.
1: I don't disagree. I look again it's just, it's very contextual. If if it was like if it was like a we're going to get you, we're going to kill you, then yeah. If it was just like a bunch of kids like I don't know. I grew up in like in North Jersey and like fist fighting was like every day we got into fist fights. We never we never shot anybody, though. I, I, so I don't like, need
3: verbal. Uh, com- I don't need verbal con- confirmation that somebody's trying to kill me. I'm pretty sure. What is it? 80 percent of language is all body language. Like I can, I can. I'm pretty sure that this kid could
1: tell he was in some serious spectrum.
3: But there's a spectrum.
1: There's a spectrum of of attack though, and I don't think if I if I took a paper football and I flinged it at you, I don't think anybody would would consider that uh, a lethal attack. But if I took a grenade and I threw it at you, then of course. So like, there's a spectrum here that we have to work on, and that that's really my only point here.
0: I think we're forgetting something. So let me let me. Uh, uh, it's interesting because I when I first saw the stuff, I had a question mark on the first shooting because I couldn't see enough about it. I was like, well. I don't really know. Like he was throwing a thing. But one, I, was, actually...
1: was, that, was that the bag? Yeah. I was okay, like, I couldn't yeah.
0: really see. Right. Um, but the second two, I was like those to me, I looked at them and like, they're clean. Uh, the first, the guy, the, the first of the second two, a guy pulled out a gun on him. Like, all right, done. So then, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Clean and, and skillful and skillful. And the other one, the guy's like hitting him with the skateboard. Now you can say like, well, it was on the shoulder, but like, that's pretty close to my head. Like maybe he just missed my head. Like that's, Okay, um, but then I saw the the FBI footage today uh, was released um, of the first shot, and you do see that the guy reaches Kyle. It looks like he's actually kind of reaching out and almost touching him at that point. And so I want to bring up another point that I don't think people are considering, and maybe this makes me – maybe I'm wrong about this. You guys can argue. Uh, I've spent I'm – I'm not a – I'm not a military guy or a cop, but <laughs> I've hedging. done a significant amount of firearms training. I've done a significant amount of force on force training back in the day. I'm not, I'm rusty. I'm, you know, I couldn't do anything now. Any, but
3: any more hedging you want to do before you get to your main point? I, I want to hedge it because
0: I want, like, I'm, I'm not unfamiliar with, with firearms. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I'm not unfamiliar with firearms and I'm not unfamiliar with force on force. Uh, thank you, Seth. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> however, when you have a firearm, it is your, I think, and this is my view, I'm not talking about legally, I'm talking about morally. It is your responsibility to make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. And if someone is getting into a fist fight with me, I will shoot them if they know I'm armed. Because it's very easy, like when someone's that close, you can't have, a, you can, the guy had an AR slung over him. You can't have a fist fight. And hold a gun you can't do that once you have a gun and you've brought a gun to the situation every fight becomes potentially lethal force which means you need to not have fights you need to avoid them you need to be out you need to be totally away not getting in fights but if someone comes up to you if even if i'm just you know holding a sidearm someone comes up and starts wailing on me with a skateboard, I'm going to shoot him because if I'm unconscious that that person's indicated there that they have violent tendencies. They're, they're, they're willing to initiate the use of force. And if I don't remain conscious and keep possession of my weapon, they will now have a weapon
3: to use. Oh, not to if, mention that they saw you had a weapon and still proceeded to attack you.
0: Yes. So if he had knocked him unconscious with the skateboard, I think it would be perfectly reasonable for Kyle to assume that he would have taken his gun and shot him like death becomes an option when there's a firearm involved. And I don't I don't see I look so I know mean, I, I, can, and I they
2: know I'm,
1: I'm going to shoot. I can still carry every day, but if someone was like, if someone, and this just ha- this happens often, if someone tries to like pick a fight over a parking spot or something like that, my philosophy is I'm going the other way because I you don't want to yeah. have to draw that gun. I don't, I, I'm, that's right. I, I don't, that's only for emergencies. If I have to draw my gun, then I'm, I'm only going to draw it if I have to use it, and that's why I don't draw it. So it's like, right. I mean, if I was, first of all, I would never be in that situation in the first place because I'm not going to some, some, blue lives matter protest to go support swine. That's number one. And
0: he was open carrying also, which is different than concealed, which you're talking about.
3: Right. That's totally different too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like these people kind of just went to attack him thinking that it was safe to attack him because he wasn't armed. Like you could clearly see he had a firearm on his right. Not the right. Yeah. I
1: mean,
3: I, I think it's well within his rights and from a legal standard. I mean, he only, it doesn't, he doesn't have to actually be in danger. He only has to believe that he is in danger.
1: The the, right. the bag one the bag one I can't sign on to I I, I don't think that the, I'm more inclined to to say that the skateboard was was thing was was justified but even that I have a hard time with just because I've been in I've been in wor- more serious scraps than that that had that didn't involve lethal force and everybody walked walked away and we all went home and everybody has families and stuff like that so it's like to me I have a hard time justifying even that one. I think there was a third one though that I did uh, that I was okay with but I, I again it's a while ago it was dark it was on video I I, I don't really remember entirely. Yeah,
0: th- yeah there's a lot I of I think context that third one the guy tonight. wasn't killed the third one he pulled a gun on Kyle and Kyle shot him and hit his arm and like right. the gun dropped and that was the end. He so yeah that, he shot have. that, yeah. was, that uh,
1: would have been justified yeah no doubt
0: just I'm just uh I was just wondering at what you thought about it and I figured I figured we might disagree a little bit. It sounds like Daniel <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think you, they're trying to get him. Aren't they trying to get him on some kind of like technicality? like he technically didn't have the right to carry that firearm, or he was underage, or something yeah, like that. And, and, I'm, and I'm and sit, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I don't give a shit how old you are. We have a right to bear arms. Um, I don't know where I don't know that there should be a limit. I think, you know, I've seen kids as young as six, seven years old that can handle a firearm responsibly. I feel like the only restriction on children carrying firearms should be that the parents are responsible for them until they become of adult age. So should if, my child, parents, he was 17, if my child should has a firearm, you responsible. again that that's up to up for debate is though what's what's the legal age when the parents would no longer be responsible and and, and in an anarchic society like we were talking about earlier is like well wait a minute when when would that be how would we determine that um because there would be no like state sanctioned like legal age limit this is just a completely different topic but that i'm just using as a this this kyle rittenhouse uh, example to jump off into but it's just where I don't have any i don't see any problem if he's been certified and trained he knows what he's doing you know i don't see any reason why a 17 year old shouldn't carry one i don't see any reason why 16 year olds should, shouldn't carry a firearm and so on and so forth i just don't know what what that's we're, we're entering gray area and i'm sure each each individual community would kind of deal with these things in a certain way but it's just interesting uh, thought uh, uh, experiment to figure out like how how old uh, <laughs> how old's old enough to be uh, able to carry a firearm
1: I'm okay with, yeah. with with children being armed. I think that that would actually help um, get rid of a lot of these like mass shootings and a lot of this this inner city violence and shit like that. But it's important that if children are gonna carry guns and they're not gonna have the art, the attitude that Carter described, where if you know, like you just bump somebody's shoulder in the hallway and then you have a you know a, a two kids drawing in middle school, right? You don't want that. So it is important that we do teach kids gun safety and gun etiquette
0: yeah and and i would I would argue in that case, like there's a big difference between open carrying at a riot where you're being chased by rioters you were just shot at now you're being hit in the head with or hit somewhere in, in with a skateboard, true. and there's a crowd like descending upon you. That's much different than you're walking down the hall with a concealed carry and someone bumps you like right uh, okay um true, but yeah i mean look i would if it were legal, I would let my twelve year old carry yeah yeah my Absolutely. i
3: mean even as young as 10 years old i had trained my my daughter for example she's been very mature for her age i would have gladly let her carry a firearm anywhere to to protect herself and she's it's it's her god-given right to protect herself too just like anybody else this is this is an interesting interesting topic i haven't heard enough People, uh, many, if any, talk about really. It's just this idea of, of children carrying firearms legally. It's such so far outside of our, our paradigm right now that it's like hard to even imagine. Like going to a middle school and seeing a bunch of strapped nine-year-olds, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, and there, there would be pretty strict rules about like you know ever ever having it be brandished or seen or whatever. Like it's there for an emergency, and if it's if it ever comes out for a non-emergency, there's going to be health.
1: Increases in personal freedom must be accompanied by increases in personal responsibility. So yep. it's yeah. Uh, and when know, I say again, to pay I don't mean like yeah. You know, Look at Alec Baldwin, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like really important that if somebody's going to carry a gun and they know how to operate it and you know basic safety protocols and shit like that.
0: Right. It depends on the kid, though. I also know kids my daughter's age who I would never want near
3: a firearm. Um, oh, that, and there might be other forms of age-appropriate self-defense, you know, tools and mechanisms that kids can be, you know, right. in order to uh, exercise their right to, you know, self-defense. Pepper spray would like, be nice. I mean, and actually, absolutely.
0: in in a school in which teachers were armed, I would actually be less likely to let my daughter carry a firearm. I'd be like, well, you might need pepper spray for an immediate assault, but if there's a bunch of adults around that are armed, you're probably fine.
1: Right, like yeah. if it was a public you know, school then you definitely need a gun if you have armed public yes, school enough. employees then you definitely need you need to be oh, strapped
0: oh, <laughs> yeah i'm not talking about public school at all yeah that's,
1: uh, we're definitely getting things. you deleted from youtube now
0: <laughs> yeah probably there's probably so we're probably violating some kind of thing by saying kids
1: this wasn't out of the norm like as of like in recent history like we had gun clubs and like there's like a rifle range in yeah. like the high school that i went to so it's like we used to do, we used to do this and now we don't do it and we have mass shootings. So like what changed here? And, and it's just, yeah, it's that's, absurd to me.
3: that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, we've changed so much and, and school shootings have arguably gone up as, as uh, restrictions on guns have also gone up, you know, I mean, what, what, what do they say? Like it's, it's what 99 out of a hundred of the last school shootings all happened on gun-free zones or whatever. Like I don't even know what the stats are, but it's ridiculous and, and it's obvious, but you know, that's
0: not, I can't yeah, think I mean, of it right like everything's a gun-free zone now. So,
1: Well, I mean, Sorry, not like, like public streets in Florida and Texas aren't. I mean, you do if, if you think about it, like without exception, I mean, I can't think of one example, maybe one of the listeners can, can, think of something, but I can't think of one example of a mass shooting that happened in a place that's not a gun-free zone. Every mass, every mass shooting has happened in a place where the right to carry a firearm is somehow restricted.
0: I think that's generally true. Right, um, I mean, I think I think if we really care about the school shooting thing, a, I'm not actually sure that I don't know if there's been an, an increase or if it's just sensationalized more. I haven't looked into that, and I am skeptical about the media's narrative. So maybe right. it hasn't been increasing. Maybe, maybe it has. I don't know.
3: But no, I would it does, argue it that come up when it's
0: sorry. Go ahead. I, I would just argue there's like also a shit ton of other contributing factors. I mean, that, yeah. you know, almost all the school shooters are. Uh, in single parent homes, a lot of them are on SSRIs. They've got other like. There's just a lot of. There's a there's lot no of societal decay going around.
1: When, when when the state has a monopoly, there's no accountability, right? You don't you don't. If you went to Walmart and your kids were getting shot up at Walmart, you wouldn't go to Walmart anymore. you go to Target or some other store. But it's like when the state monopolizes these schools, you don't have a choice. It's actually compulsory to attend them, right? It's like if you don't attend school, then your your parents will be shot and killed. So it's like. Let's ha- how about we abolish the state and we'll privatize the, the schools. We'll put the bureaucrats and the Department of Education to labor camps and we can all live happily
0: ever after. Yeah. Amen. You guys bro- brought, since we were talking about shooting, I never got a chance to talk about this because it happened while I was out. Uh, have you paid attention to the Alec Baldwin thing? What What's the latest on the Alec Baldwin and shooting? Do you guys know?
3: You know, honestly, I, this, this is actually what prompted me to put out a tweet. It's like, Because because I made a joke about it or reposted a meme and people were like, Oh my God, that is so in bad taste. It's too soon. I'm like, is it too soon? Is it really should the the, the tweet was something or the thought was something like, you know, how much what level of care should I have for somebody who I will never meet, whose life will have zero impact on my life? ever um like why should i even give it to two, two moments of thought like why why would i care like i should care about my fa- me first obviously because i can't do anything else if i'm not taking care of myself my family next my community after that and that's probably about as much as most can handle <laughs> like these new stories are not completely- part of the so no not at yeah. all i will never meet alec baldwin i will never meet the young young lady that was shot and and, and died i i mean i feel i feel bad for it but i don't care I, I sound like a heartless bastard for that, I'm sure, but I just don't care like like that that happened. Yeah, it sucks. It's not great, and it really sucks that so many people are using it to p- politicize the issue. And that's what's actually causing the ripples throughout everybody else's lives. And that's what I actually pay attention to. but I, I just it's just another way of thinking of this
1: particular situation, in my opinion. What do you think, allow, so? allow me to allow me to politicize it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> yeah. if if, right. if some of these if some of these shit libs took the time to educate themselves over basic gun safety measures, maybe this poor woman wom- this poor woman would still be alive, and that little kid would his mother would still be alive. But he has the gall to criticize our right to own a gun without even taking the the, the, the time out to educate himself on the topic. And as a result of that, someone has now died. And I think uh, there's probably been a lot more deaths that have resulted yeah. from negligence by these liberals who just refuse to educate themselves about guns yeah. because they're afraid of them.
3: I find I find that interesting. Did you actually find the first ever example of liberal hypocrisy? Did, did that just happen <laughs> right here on Unsafe Space? I we it. definitely, definitely space. document that. I
1: don't believe it. We should definitely document there's a, that
0: there's a hypocritical leftist in the world and they're in hollywood
1: Breaking yeah news. yeah i mean <laughs> again i mean
3: you could you could spend all day pointing out hypocrisies what good does it do what like fundamentally what good does it do to point them out like you're you're speaking to an echo chamber at that point most of us are going to go yeah duh but are you changing anybody's mind are they going to suddenly go start taking you know, like actual gun training or are they just going to continue doing what they're doing uh Business as usual. <laughs> like oh, yeah. they're, they they're going to care. They're going to shirk responsibility as much as possible and put and push the blame off onto the the armorer in this case. Like what? Like what does it fundamentally matter in your world
1: in your family's lives? Right. And a lot of it has to do with elitism. It's like this idea that they are so intelligent, like we're too stupid to know how to control a gun, but that's why we need these elite politicians to to restrict our ability to, to own, own or, or bear a firearm. Or you're too dumb to know what you're worth on an hourly basis, but thank God for you that you have these mighty benevolent politicians to figure <laughs> out what your body's worth. So it's like, it's all elitism at the end of the day.
0: Daniel Keene's quoting some Jeff Cooper in, in chat for everyone who wants to know the forward gun rules. But uh, I think, look, I I think that I'm going to defend Sal just for a minute. Uh, poor Aww. Sal, look, at, he's defenseless.
3: I know. Look uh, at him. <laughs> I'm going to muck. It's the, it's Sal. the lack, it's the lack of any. It's the lack of any hair on his head whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Aerodynamic. Uh, the tactical rape right <laughs> me.
3: If you're going to have like part of what part of
0: what happens by pointing this out is the goal is to break the magic spell that celebrities seem to have over the public and like people seem to treat them with like a special reverence and awe and to point out that alec baldwin is in fact a murderous douchebag who murdered through negligence um it maybe pushes the culture in the direction of next time he or one of his ilk has something to say about guns we don't listen
1: well, let me let me jump in and defend Daniel because I don't I don't I I, I think that he's right. I don't actually think that it's gonna make a difference. I mean, the fact is that Alec Baldwin is an is an asshole, he's a hypocritical asshole, but it's of course it's not gonna change everybody's mind. These people don't care. That's that's what I was the point I was trying to bring home about elitism. They don't actually give a shit. But yes, they are they are of course wrong. Yeah, yeah.
3: First question they're asking is not, hey, how can we learn from this and make sure this doesn't happen again? That would be the responsible thing to do, right? right. Um, however, what we do have them asking is how do we spin this? How do we cover this up? How do we make Absolutely. it go away quickly? Do blame? How do we get back it's to making hard. movie no because we're all those millions of dollars on this movie? Like those are the questions that are get, getting asked right now. And they never have a an, an ounce of – of, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-realization uh, that they maybe made a mistake and we can learn from these things Like because they're yeah, already perfect. No- we already know they're already perfect, right?
1: Again, it goes back to this relationship between personal responsibility and freedom, right? They, they they don't have they don't want freedom, so they they don't want personal responsibility and they're always trying to like point blame at other people. And that, that's yep. that's the problem. That's
3: that's the first thing I saw happen. We all 100%. saw it. Happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And and, yep. and again, it, it doesn't matter how many times you shine a light on this hypocrisy, fundamentally it doesn't make a difference. And I kind of I kind of stopped. I mean, it's it's fun to point them out. It's so easy. It's like, you know, this is like some low level right wing, like talking points. It's it's you could do this. You could do a, a daily show every day about the hypocrisy of the left. Yeah. And then we hear it on all of the shows all of the time. Um, it takes somebody to actually think critically and be, be a more of a forward thinker to start considering ideas beyond that. Like what is actually working to change people's minds? Um, and I'm actually working on a speech for an upcoming rally we have uh, where I, I, the discussion is the the idea of trying to change people, not through graphs, data, facts, statistics and all that crap, because that does not work. Rather, trying to change people's minds through ins- inspiration, through acting a certain way, by being a, a paragon of your moral virtues and showing how your life is changing in a certain way. Like with my children, I get people asking me all the time, man, you, your kids are so well behaved. How do they what would you do? I'm like, I didn't hit them. I like, and they and and they come to me. Them. Yeah, they they come to me asking me. That's when they're Heresy. on a path ready to change. They're ready to hear it, rather than me trying to shove it down their throat. Right? And
1: and have you tried the, not beating them?
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> have you tried not yelling at them? <laughs> and, and it does. Uh, just as a quick side note, that that has made a huge difference because we tried the spanking it's thing unreal. for about the first ten years of my parenting career. We tried it, oh, and. You did? yes because that's the way i was raised i didn't know any better and i heard arguments against it and i could not refute them i just couldn't i was like because i'm like a a, a do the research graphics stats guy but i got to do it on my own terms right i couldn't i couldn't refute it so i tried it a different way i was like you know something's got to work something's got to give here tried a different way. Um, I've been negotiating with my kids. Like I don't stress as much. Our relationship is stronger. Like we have good close communication with each other and it's getting better, man. It's, and, and, and ironically, the one kid that I'm having the most trouble with is the one that was the oldest who, uh, suffered the majority of the violence, the spanking, the hitting, the, the yelling, the, you know, whatever, whatever my parents did to me, I was, you know, passing on because that's the way we do it. Right. And ironically, that's the one I'm having the most trouble with the rest of them are Really, Like, they're doing so good. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and just
0: to be clear, this isn't just your experience. There's been, at this point, the evidence is very clear. Spanking doesn't work. It doesn't work. It changes behavior temporarily, and then they revert right back to the behavior. It doesn't work. So – See, and here, uh, here's,
3: an, here's an example of somebody in the comments here. Sandman says run. He says anecdotal. Like, that person has already written off anything I've just said. Like, already written it off. Right. just said anecdotal. That means – I, I am getting a vision of them putting their fingers in their ears going, la, 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 la. I'm not listening to anything you have to say. Yes, duh. It's anecdotal. Hello, because it's well, my own personal experience. But it's also backed up by, as Carter was saying, all of the facts, all of the evidence. Uh, there's, there's absolutely nothing you can find that makes the uh, uh, spanking path uh, a net positive for children and society right? overall.
1: We don't even need an anecdotal uh, take. We can just use pure logic here, right? If the child is old enough to understand right from wrong, then violence is unnecessary. And if the child is not old enough to understand right from wrong, then violence isn't going to get you anywhere anyway. So it's like in either one of those cases, beautiful. There's no point in, in being violent <laughs> against your child. So it's like beautiful.
0: I find that uh, it, it's, and I've, I've said this a lot recently, but like that attitude of parenting, and I'm not accusing anyone in particular. I don't, I don't know what Sandman says is
3: is (laughs) sorry i don't mean to be so rude to your audience or anything it's just i I don't i don't know i've heard these i've heard these things before and i and i'm obviously extrapolating a lot out of a single word in text format no no body language no tonal you know nothing to indicate otherwise but you know that's just something i've heard a lot so
0: yeah but i mean sal 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 said it beautifully right if 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 they're old enough to understand then you don't need to hit them and if they're not old enough to understand then hitting doesn't work um it's also just you know it also what it do, hitting does teach them something though, you know what it teaches them? All of the people in chat who are very worried about what anarchy would lead to. You know what hitting Thank teaches you. them? Might makes, Mike might makes
3: right. That's what
1: it <laughs> teaches. them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that bigger that and I totally can hit violence. you. <laughs> it, it teaches them that initiatory violence can get people to behave how you want them to behave. Isn't that a lot like the political system? Hmm. Yep,
0: that's what it teaches them. And I think the challenge that a lot of people have is they get. A lot of parents saw it like some, there's some misbehavior and the, spanking is easy intellectually. It is. Probably emotionally it, yeah, very difficult. It was. But intellectually, it's like, oh, that's a bad thing. I have, I have one thing I do for bad things. <laughs> done. Bad things done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, okay, grow up and think a little bit harder. About oh, yeah how you might be able to communicate to the child to change their behavior, because that's what you want ultimately. Imagine Um, You want them to understand why and embrace it, make it their own and change their behavior.
3: That's your goal. Yes, imagine the amount of challenge that a parent has to, I went through particularly from transitioning my mindset from just might makes right to, oh, we're gonna try a different way. We're, We're taking that tool called spanking out of the toolbox of parenting equipment that I can use uh, what else do i have well it turns out i didn't have anything i basically showed up on a job site with a hammer <laughs> right. and was trying to fix the whole house there was no way there's that's gonna work so it, it's forced me to try to actually do some research see what other parents have tried what's worked think outside the box actually ask the kid what do you think <laughs> like what right. would what would help you understand what am i missing here like like have a conversation and it, it's really forced me to to have a, a much m- much more uh, a much wider array of a tool set to use in parenting because not all things work for all kids, right? I mean, I I can't do this. I can't do the same thing for one as I did the other. They're all freaking different. Like I have four different personalities in my house. It's ridiculous. And (laughs)
0: And when I say spanking, I also mean physical intimidation, like, because you are like three times the size of them or more, you know, somewhere around there. Right. So screaming at someone in intimidating fashion is also kind of like imagine having a 30 foot foot tall person look down at you and scream at you like that's That's physical intimidation that's That's terrifying. terrifying right if you don't have reasons why you're asking them to do something that's on you man I mean, that's that's this your. This sounds really weird coming, adult.
3: This sounds really <laughs> weird coming from a bunch of anarchists, isn't it? Like we're supposed to be the violent ones with tiki, with tiki no, not tiki torches, mm-hmm. just torches. No, well, <laughs> <the other> ones.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, let let me take it in a more anarchist direction because if we're gonna have a conversation about. Um, child abuse, then I have to bring up public schools because if you want to stop child abuse, you have to get your kids out of these camps because that's emotional and and mental child abuse as far as I'm concerned. They might not be hitting your kids. I'm sure sometimes they are, but they are certainly emotionally and mentally abusing your child and developmentally abusing your child.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nothing further Um, to add there. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's, I think, was it Michael Malice that said public school is, is the only time in most people's lives that they'll ever yeah. experience violence or something yeah, like that. It's true. Like, uh,
1: yeah. It's true. When we were talking earlier about all those little scraps I got into back when I was a kid. Those were all in public schools. You know what I mean? So I, I haven't been to an altercation since.
3: Right. Right. It forced so me to I, develop yeah. a hell of a quick wit and a sense of humor, man. I'd never been in a fight in my life. I mean, other than my own siblings. That doesn't really count. But <laughs> the quick, quick wit has served me well. Yeah. There's, well, I think I think, it, 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 I think
0: you, a lot of parents, when they hear "don't spank," yeah. they think that the only alternative is to not have any yeah. rules or parenting, and that like they 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 flip that. Oh, you're one of the hippies that want to befriend their kids. That doesn't work either.
3: And similarly, uh, I, what you just said, <laughs> you know, when you tell people "no government, no government," they uh, they think the only alternative is just a "don't do anything" approach, and that's right. just not what we're talking about. And it's it's, right. it's that's that's what I'm that's what we I think all of us are in agreement that it starts with raising the kids. Yeah, with a different a different model for how to operate within society, and and once we can kind of get that established, once we can convince people to stop hitting kids, I think we're going to start to see a much more peaceful, voluntary voluntary form of of, of society uh, spring out of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. we I, I, need we, to show we, them. So- Go
3: ahead.
1: We, we we spoke about two like the main keys to like their control over us, which is like the Federal Reserve and the roads. And I think the third key is is, is the, the public schooling, the Department of Education. That's like the third key to maintaining their power over us. Yeah. And that piece that provides the brainwashing, the indoctrination. That's what that's what keeps the sheep coming back to the slaughterhouse every election day, every selection day. I'm sorry. Selection day. <laughs>
0: selection <Right>. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. And I've, I've enjoyed, I don't know how you felt Daniel, but I've enjoyed having to figure out reasons why I'm asking for things to be done and, and how to communicate, uh, behavioral changes and. Yep, it doesn't yep. mean that there's no, there's absolutely, there's consequences to misbehavior. They're just not violent consequences. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, back, back when I was coming up, you know, I got, I got the spank. I got the grounding. I got, I had to go put my nose on the wall. I had to lift my arms up and hold them, like whatever punishment they can come up with. But you know, the biggest thing that really stuck with me was my dad would always be like, I'd ask him a question be like, no. And uh, if I even challenged it or asked him why, or no further, no further commu- communication, no further conversation. It was like, no, I'm I'm dead. I said, so that's it. And,
0: and that's the like, worst reason ever
3: yeah like and like what you said like it is so challenging like when you if like I got to a point where I'm like telling my kids no and then just that should be that but it's like once you have to start giving them actual reason why it's like oh you might okay well I've actually said yes quite a few times it's like I, I can actually not think of any reason why not for some reason my gut my my knee-jerk reaction was just no you don't need to do that why <laughs> like why and I've, I'm I Every time it's like, or not every time, but you know a lot of times it's, it's, it opens it up for conversation and maybe if I can make the case then they then they're less uh, they're less likely to rebel against it and be like, well, dad said no, I'm gonna do it anyway. like no, we have a conversation about it and I, I get a lot less of that rebellious nature coming out of them right this and I, a, I
0: really believe there's a direct line between uh, authoritarian parenting, which is what I'm calling that like spank or intimidation. And or just I said so. That's authoritarian parenting. There's a direct line between authoritarian parenting and a population happy with authoritarian governments. Right. <laughs> that right. should not be surprising. That's not. That yeah, shouldn't be yeah.
3: surprising. And ironically, when when uh, people uh, they'll, they'll say, "Hey, these these kids," uh, they'll, they'll show a picture of like a bunch of hood hood gang members sitting around looking all you know thuggish and whatnot. And they're like, "These kids would be way better off if they were spanked." And the irony is, is that is the population most likely to grow up being spanked, the population <laughs> yeah. that's most likely to have grown up in a single-parent household who lives off welfare, who has a lower IQ uh, from the general population overall. And you're going to tell – you're going to – really? You're going to you know, try to lecture me on spanking? OK. <laughs> they
0: probably are spanked.
3: Yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> Get better memes. Get mm-hmm. better memes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah.
0: All right, well, guys, we've gone for over two hours. I mean, as, as fun as this is, I feel like unless there's any, like, really good uh, uh, anarchy questions people have in Super Chat. I'll read, I see one Super Chat that we haven't read, so I'll read that, but then uh, we can call it a day. Little Ragamuffin says, happy Friday. Enjoy the freedom you have today, and always remember to continue fighting to keep it. Good advice. Thank you. Little, little, awesome. little Ragamuffin is our uh, William Wallace of the knitting community. No, she is not. She is awesome. awesome. The fabric arts. Is that fabric arts a thing? I don't know. I'm calling (laughs) the thing now. The fabric (laughs) arts.
2: Uh-oh.
1: Sometimes, sometimes you hear the argument, not, not to go back, but sometimes you hear the argument like, well, I was spanked as a child and I turned out completely fine. And it's just like, well, if you think that hitting children is okay, then you didn't turn out fine. <laughs> like, you know I, mean? I was just looking in the chat for somebody to make this, this logical error. Yeah, I, I would beg
3: your audience um, to think. <laughs> Of anybody else in your life where it would where spanking somebody as a form of getting them to do what you want would not land you in jail like literally any other relationship other than your own children actually my favorite is to think spanking. like
0: yeah, no, yeah, yeah yeah right right my, right. my favorite is <laughs> well officer i hit my wife because she wasn't listening yeah like, yeah. I, like
1: what what and What's the thing, I'm going to hit you because you're not listening
0: yeah, I mean, uh, how is she I supposed to, to learn if at, I can't hit her?
3: Told you, Grandma, I'll be here at three. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Cash, uh, cashier, bro, doesn't bro. give you back correct change. You bend her over your leg, you know what I'm saying? It's amazing how
0: stuff that's like totally unacceptable for adults. There's just this like, oh, yes, but when they're helpless and small, then it's totally fine.
1: Yeah. Confine yourself like, to this one really? small room for eight hours a day and don't leave. And if you do, you're in big trouble. Yeah, right. Like, that's called you kidnapping. You need permission to, to go rolls. pee. Yeah. So yeah. I,
3: I do have a If there's nothing else, uh, I do have a question. Um, there is a an event coming up, if you wouldn't mind. Can I promote that event today? Yeah, let me do but one think... last super chat. And Excellent. then it's from David
0: Excellent. Sumner. And he says, the prosecution of Kyle Rittenhouse is a disgrace. It's all about intimidating people from resisting leftist brown shirts. Thank yeah. you, David. All right.
3: I call it a Tell us about fort. your event. Uh, yeah, the only reason I bring this up is because I think your your audience would be interested in it. Um we have an event coming up on November 13th called the Let's Go Brandon Freedom Rally. And if, if you wouldn't mind clicking on the, the banner there um to bring up the picture. Yeah. We are having it in Hartsville, Tennessee. It's running from 12 to 10, and it's, it's called the Let's Go Brandon Freedom Rally and Mask Burning. It started out as a really small event. We were just going to have a few speakers in the local area and some like local musicians and whatnot. Next thing we know, we're tapping into the community of other patriots and whatnot. And next thing you know, we have a huge turnout of a bunch of right wing uh, musicians, uh, out of Blow, Bryson Gray, Pastor Greg Locke is even coming out there. We've got so many big name folks coming out to this event, and it's it's blown up bigger than we ever could have imagined. So I would I would love to see you all out there to come and join the festivities. Um, it's it's a it's it's basically the idea is to to kind of you know everybody who hates Joe Biden and everybody who's kind of against the the mandates and whatnot. We're gonna get, we're just gonna make our voices heard for that day. So. I would love to see you all out there for that.
1: That's awesome, and that, that's that's the guy who's got like the number one song in the country, right? Yes, yeah, number one song. Let's go, Brandon. Cool. Um, a, a lot of these guys are chart toppers right now because of
3: their uh, their uh, their songs, their political songs. Uh, rap. Nice. There's a country artist on here as well, uh, Cameron Byfield. Yeah. I I a lot of these guys I've never even heard of because I don't really listen to rap, but I'm sitting there going, wow, this is a hell of a lineup, guys. This is so cool. We're we're really hoping to pull this out and make this a, a great event for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been so much fun to put together, but stressful as hell. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be awesome and I'd love to see y'all out there.
0: Yeah, that looks awesome. Uh if you're so- near <laughs> Tennessee, Artsville, go go do that. If you're it's near like- Fort Worth, but, go to Better Discourse where Carrie is this weekend, and a whole bunch of other people. Awesome. Um, so those are the two places to be this weekend. Sal, oh, or, oh it's the third.
3: Sorry, it's the thirteenth. Not this weekend. It's the thirteenth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yep, yep.
0: But Better Discourse is this weekend, so you can do um, both. Yeah,
3: you can do both. Awesome. You can. I, appreciate you. I appreciate you. letting me. Uh, let me.
0: Uh, go to Fort Worth
3: first, and then you can go. Absolutely. And thank you for letting so. me plug that there. I think your your audience would be perfect for this type of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they. I'm sure they are interested in it. So I uh, appreciate it. How can people follow you, Daniel?
3: Well, actually, I am the host of the Unframe of Mind show, where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom. You can find our content on basically everywhere at Unframe of Mind. Um, I'm on unframeofmind.com as well.
0: And Sal, how do people I'm- get the dankest memes on the planet?
1: Is that a thing? Well, of course, um, at Sally Mayweather or Sally Agorist on social media. I'm on all your different platforms. You can add me. The book is Anti-Politics, check it out. Uh, it's on Amazon, 3 dprintergobercom for 3D printers and AgoraThreads.com for Anarchist Apparel.
0: Awesome. Uh, thank you guys both for joining. As a reminder to everyone else, it is Guy Fox Day. We're celebrating uh, not the thwarting of the plot, but the idea of the plot itself uh, in, in honor of <laughs> Guy Fox Day. So uh, yeah. Thanks for watching and we will see you on monday for coffee break where i think carrie will be back i hope so and uh if there's probably something else for me, i forgot me to say oh don't forget to hit the subscribe button because uh, susan likes to unsubscribe people
3: hit that subscribe button down so, there guys
0: i yeah. oh, well. the i forgot to mention it is a mandatory subscribe button <laughs> yeah uh you're not allowed in fact because there are more than 100 people subscribed to the channel it's government mandated. I'm sorry. I don't, you know, don't want you to have to press it, but you do. So, all right. <laughs> Later, everyone. All right, bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there.
2: Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and scheduled for ideological vaccination. To avoid cancellation, please update your ideological contact tracing app on your smart device immediately. Here's a fun fact. Only vaccinated black lives matter. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science. Scientific.